really need to get on it because they do something um, pretty fucking fantastic this past episode. Yeah, the fifth episode because there's six episodes in total. So the penultimate episode, they do something right there at the end. Um, pretty much confirming uh, early suspicions about who the big bad is in the series. I saw something that they were bringing back a, a villain from the MCU or something. Yeah, yeah, from the Netflix MCU. Oh, okay. I believe I mentioned yeah, it like it's a the few one weeks that we, ago. That we already talked about. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you or anybody else that's listening. But yeah, they it, and there's no there's no hinting at it. They throughout the entire series they hint at all oh, the big guy, all oh, the guy in charge, things like that. But at the end of this last episode, you see the person. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Is it is it played by the same? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is very much played by the same person. Um, Spider Man two or not. Two, but three. The um, No Way Home recently came out. Haven't watched it yet. Heard it's insanely fucking good. I haven't watched like it stupidly yet. good. Um, few of the things that were rumored about that movie apparently are true. Um, don't want to say too much, but apparently yes, they are true about certain characters. Not we know about the villains from different Spider-Man movies, but there are also different characters from those Spider-Man movies that aren't just the villains in this movie. So. I'm interested to see how that goes. I probably won't watch it anytime soon because it looks like um, there's a new wave of fucking COVID on the rise. So, yeah. and I haven't got my booster yet. I plan on it. I just Om- haven't gotten Omicron. it. Omicron. Yeah. Or um. Yeah. Omicron. Omicron. However you want. Some dumbass transformer name. Omicron. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I in it from all reports uh, from a lot of people because I follow several people that have their own podcasts, of course, but I also follow people who are huge Spider-Man fans, and they are pretty much saying this is probably the best Spider-Man movie to ever... Spider-Man... ever. <laughs> Long and short of it. The best Spider-Man movie that ever Spider-Man to Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Spider-Man! <laughs> and being that there are several characters in there. And one, one of the people is just... Uh, oh, God. It wasn't played J. George Jameson. Oh, um, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. One was just J.K. Simmons. Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot coming out uh, lately. Uh, we got the Matrix Res- uh, Resurrection coming out. I think in like a week. Oh, yeah, this coming week. Ryan, don't forget, toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. <laughs> yes. Finally. <laughs> yes. Season two. Season two came out yesterday. I've watched the first two episodes. It is stupidly good. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but... Uh, you know the... Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, and I can't remember the character he played in Game of Thrones, but the red, uh, beard, red-headed, bearded guy that becomes like Jon Snow's best friend. He was um, um, the wildling, wildling guy. Yes, um, he plays a character in. Uh, I think it's in the second episode. I believe so. That's really interesting. Just the the character that he plays and habits. It's almost like Beauty and the Beast like s character, um, but it's really interesting. And I like I said, I only got into two episodes, but it's really fucking good. I just and I I only I stopped at two episodes, maybe three. Now I'm thinking about it. it might have been three. Um, because I want to savor it. Because we haven't had Witcher for nearly a year and a half now. And I really enjoyed that first season. And it looks like I'm going to really enjoy the second season. Henry Cavill can fucking wreck me. I don't care. 
<laughs> he can get it. Okay. He can get it. If Henry Cavill knocked on my door and says, I'm going to fucking hate fuck you right now, I'd be like, all right, let's do this. Thumbs up, let's do this. Leroy! Don't you talk my language to me. He just spits in my face. Yeah, you like it, bitch. <laughs> just, he just shows up and it's like, it's like I'm gonna wreck you like the newest Fantastic Four wrecked the franchise. Stop it! My penis can only get so erect. <laughs> you fucking nerd. Because he's a giant nerd. Yes. A giant nerd who's in incredible shape and it's not fair. We've mentioned this several times. Yeah. It's not fair it's not. how incredibly in shape he is and being that he's not just like a, a like surface level nerd i mean he builds his own computers he, he's well, that level of nerd to be fair like that's not that huge of a level of nerd i mean like i mean it you does, don't hear a lot of it nerds. does take it does take some work and yes. stuff but like uh i saw a meme of like them talking about having him on the set of the witcher mm. where like they're like okay and you know you're fighting this enemy and this is going on and he's like oh we should uh here's where we need the dialogue of the blood elves from page 17 of this book <laughs> and then they look it up and they're like wow that's a really good okay yeah yeah that's that's the one it's like that level of nerd where <laughs> where he's memorized certain sections of the books or... yeah, not like page number and <laughs> the monologue and everything right right <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. I, Halo, um, I don't... Have you... I know I keep stumbling over it, but have you heard any of the new news about Halo? No. Any of it? Whether it be no. the new game or new information that just came out recently. So, you haven't, have you played the Halo Infinite game? I haven't either. Um, but by all reports, it's a fun fucking game. It's, a, it's like a soft reboot of the Halo franchise, so you're uh -huh. dealing with similar characters. You're battling similar characters from like the first three games. But ha did you know, and I didn't know until I saw the trailer, that apparently Paramount Plus is making a Halo series, or ha has made a I, Halo series. I did know, because uh, they, they did, like, Forward Unto Dawn. Yeah, yeah, that was at the IGN. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, that was really good. And they are making another live-action mm -hmm. Halo series. series or yeah, yeah. Well, the Forward Unto Dawn was, like, a one-off, like, mini-series right. type thing. And it was really good. I really like the acting because you mainly follow the cadets in the academy where Master Chief just comes in, uh, like near, yeah. like halfway through the uh, entire Forward Unto Dawn. It's really fucking good. But this Halo series is supposed to follow Master Chief through all his shit. Um, do you know who um, Pablo Schreiber is? He's the brother of uh, Live Schreiber. Oh, okay. Um, have you ever seen Orange is the New Black? No. All right. Um,. I can't think of anything you may have saw seen him in. Either way, he plays a guard in um, Orange is the New Black. Um, he He's a slimy character with a mustache in Orange is the New Black. I think he has a bit of a redemption by the end of that series, but he's apparently playing Master Chief. And on top of that... Jesus Christ, he's jacked. Did you get a photo of Pablo Schreiber? Yep, that's him. 
Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's all kinds of ripped. Fuck. But yeah, that's uh, that's Pablo Schreiber. Uh, he's playing Master Chief in the series. And they also got the woman that has voiced Cortana in the games. She's actually playing Cortana in the series, which is re- fucking unheard of. Well, not really. It's not hugely unheard of, but it's somewhat unheard of. I mean, sometimes right. I know there's a huge campaign for uh, Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka Tana in uh, the com or in, uh, not the comic books, but in the uh, Clone, like Clone Wars, Wars series and Rebel series. There's a huge campaign to have her play it, but then there's also a, a huge campaign to have Rosario Dawson play. Um, Ahsoka Tano, which that obviously, if you've watched the Mandalorian season two, yes, season two. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, Ahsoka pops in for that. Um, so yeah, there is precedent where the voice actor will play the actual thing, so uh, the actual live action version. So, and I'm really interested to see how this Halo series turns out because we were supposed to get one. God, it was after what? Like District Nine came out. Neil Blomkamp was yeah. supposed to helm it. With like Guillermo del Toro like producing and shit, and it was supposed to be. It, we we saw test footage of it with the the brutes, and I think we saw Master Chief a little bit. Yeah. Um. So it looked just from that test footage, it looked really good. So and the trailer for this Paramount Plus series with the uh, the official Halo, um, garb and everything looks amazing. It doesn't look the the actual Master Chief outfit. It looks spellbinding. It looks fucking like video game accurate. I have no idea what they're gonna do when it comes to like storyline. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a prequel series or like how because we got that. What was it? Uh, what was the Halo Reach, um, mm-hmm. which was like a prequel series to like the Master Chief Spartan program, and we find out what happens to all the Spartans in the world. But it doesn't seem like there's too many other. Sp- Oh, maybe there was. I think there was a few shots of other Spartans besides Master Chief in the trailer. Oh, okay. I can't remember exactly. But it looked really fucking good. I'm really fucking excited for it. And it may get me to purchase Paramount Plus because I really haven't done Paramount Plus because there's been no reason for me to do Paramount Plus. Um, Just mainly been sticking to the basics, Netflix, Amazon, uh, Disney Plus, of course, which the Book of Boba Fett is supposed to be coming out, I think, in a week's time. Which looks insanely good. Have you seen any of the trailers for that? Yes. Holy fuck, Ryan. Yeah. I cannot wait for that series. Like, It's going to answer all these questions about how um, Boba Fett left the Sarlacc pit, pit, how he survived, what happened to him. Well, in the There's a series of books called Aftermath. So we get a all little I'm bit... All I'm saying is Dengar better have pulled him out. I don't know. That's canon. Is it canon? Mm-hmm. I thought it was part of Legends. Well, it might be part of Legends. Because the only reference that we got to Boba Fett in any of the other novels was in the Aftermath novels where the Jawas found the armor. And then Cobb Vanth. And we see uh, this continuation in the Mandalorian series where we, whenever Mandalore, or Mandalore, whenever um, Mando. Mando, Din Djarin comes across uh Another Mandalorian, who he thinks is a Mandalorian, takes off his helmet. It's Cobb Vanth, played by um, Timothy Oliphant. It's a whole slew of shit. And we we first are set up with that the whole story in the Aftermath books. with Because in the Aftermath books, it's all about how the Empire's crumbling at this point. Mm-hmm. Woven throughout all the three of those books are these little like in, interlude stories. So... 
one of the interlude stories is how they come across this armor and they're vague about it, but you know what armor they're talking about whenever they find a set of armor in the desert and has right. certain insignias on it and shit like that. And that's all we've ever gotten. So we've never actually... Yeah, I believe the Dengar thing is Legends canon. I don't remember. I don't remember ever hearing about it in the most recent canon, so it's quite possible. I think it would be interesting to have Dengar come back and be somewhat uh, intertwined with the Boba Fett. Literally have a bounty hunter do anything inside the Star Wars universe that isn't Boba Fett or Django Fett. Yeah, I'm... One in the in the live action because I know that uh, Cad Bane is Cad Bane's up in the air. Um, is in uh, he's in the Clone Wars Clone series. Wars series and, um, and I think it was vaguely referenced. Isn't where he, there like, isn't there one faked in his Rebels death or something too that gives him hell throughout with a red ship? I thought there was a female bounty hunter too. I know there's Jedi hunters. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I thought there was was a bounty hunter, though. That They're uh, like Inquisitor type things. Um, But it's possible. I don't remember anybody bounty hunter-wise. Well, there are bounty hunters, but I don't remember them in a red ship or them specifically going after the people in Rebels. I haven't watched it in a while. I could be wrong. I just know the Inquisitors are a thing. They were Jedi hunters in the entire series. Uh, that Jedi Fallen Order game that came out, what, like a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm. They're in it as well. Um, so it's quite possible we could get something like that. Because the Boba Fett series still takes place within the same time frame as the Mandalorian series. So it's after Jedi, or the Return of Jedi. So it's in that... Um, time frame between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, so right. anything could fucking be still in play. So I'm really, really interested to see how that turns out. I'm wondering, uh, part of me is wondering if Mandalorian, if uh, Din Djarin is going to be popping up in the Boba Fett series as well. I mean, it would only make sense that, yeah. I mean, that's how we got reintroduced to Boba Fett, is in the Mandalorian series. He right. got his armor back and did the whole I am Boba Fett type thing, which... Just hearing it again in the, those trailers, it's just, oh, it's so good. Uh, I can't uh, wait. Uh, um, let's just get into the uh, our partnership, and then let's get into this movie, Ryan, because I've got some thoughts about this movie. I remember watching this movie for this week in film study, because we talked about just the... Um, how everything went down with like the the landscaping and how it's all painted and like the mm-hmm. makeup and stuff for certain characters. So that and that's the main oh, reason why. See, no, this uh, this movie is what happens whenever you don't put any makeup on your actors. So PSA: put makeup on your actors. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they look like this on screen. <laughs> oh, you just mean like the look of them? Yeah, right? that's that's how they look in real life. <laughs> okay. Like they're they're gargantuan and grotesque. <laughs> right. That's why they have to wear makeup <laughs> so they can pass as normal people. Right. Um, but before we get into the movie for this week, Ryan... Young Frankenstein. Uh, so, uh, we have a partnership with Newsly, and Newsly is this web-based or app uh, where they read the news for you. They pull together all these uh, different news articles from around the world, whatever you are interested in reading or being told about, Newsly will read the article to you. Not just the headline. The whole article. The whole article. In a nice, natural, calm voice. It's not like Siri or Alexa, where it's very like robotic uh, in nature. And on top of all the news articles that you can fucking fathom, Ryan, they also have over uh, 
I was going to say over 40 they have podcasts. I was like, nope, they that's have not podcasts right. from, from over, over 40, 40 countries. countries. <laughs> yes. And uh, you download the app today uh, through iOS and Android. Uh, just type in Newsly. And whenever you do, you get the account for free. But if you want a premium account with like a bunch of skips, the avail- availability to skip whenever you want, uh, to tailor your experience to your account as well, you can get a one-month free premium subscription to Newsly by using our promo code and it's just Nerdinian with the ones or with the I's and the O's replaced with ones and zeros. So it's N E R D the number one, N the number ten, letter N as well. And if you're confused by any of the things I've been saying, uh, in the show notes there will be uh, the link for the website for Newsly, along with uh, the actual spelling of Newsly, and our promo code. So all you have to do is just cut, copy, paste. All right, let's get in to this movie. I'm Greg Vance. And I'm Ryan Downing. And we are Nerdinian, and we break down nerd movies from all over the spectrum of nerd movies. Like, we've done um, Indiana Jones, the Alien franchise, the Predator franchise, DCEU. We've done, two weeks ago, we did the Sin City series. And uh, to have a one-off, almost palate cleanser thing, we decided to do um, a movie that... So there are parts of it that are interesting, but overall, the movie's not... It's overacted like a motherfucker. Yep. But the movie this week we're talking about is Dick Tracy. If you haven't seen this movie, it's made back in 1990. If you haven't seen the movie, warning spoilers. Um, that's all the spoilers we're going to give because it's it's been out for over 30 years at this point. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. 31 years? Yeah, yeah. 31 years. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, you're probably not going to want to see the movie. It's interesting just from the technical aspects, some of the acting, even though it is overacting, like Al Pacino in this entire movie is just fucking ridiculous. It is interesting to watch just Al Pacino just go ape shit. This is even before, like, since, like, I, since, like, the scent of a woman, ever since then, it was just Al Pacino just being ridiculous. But this movie predates. Son of a Woman, so yeah. I almost bet this is why Pacino acted that way in Son of a Woman, is because of the way he acted in Dick Tracy. And it's, it, we'll get to it here in a bit with the, um, who directed and acted in it, but Warren Beatty was apparently a huge fan of the Dick Tracy thing. And because, uh, this movie came out, uh, I think two years after the Tim Burton, the first Tim Burton Batman movie. Yep. So everyone was just like, yeah, let's do more of this. Because we also have Danny Elfman on music for the majority of it. We have a few, uh, like five or, you know, I think five Stephen Sondheim originals for this movie. Yep. Um, we'll get to it here in a second. Or as we progress, because I'll point out which ones are Stephen Sondheim's original music. I forget where I was going with all this. I forget why we brought up the Batman thing. I, because... It did well, so they were yeah, like, yeah they went apeshit. Uh, with Warren Beatty was a fan of Dick Tracy, which is fine. I mean, Dick Tracy from the comic strips is all right. I mean, you get what they were trying to do—just pay homage to because it was a uh, what was it? Chester Gold came up with the idea of Dick Tracy back in I didn't put the year, uh, but I think like nineteen late nineteen twenties, early nineteen thirties, somewhere in there. For the longest time, I think it's only been a comic strip. Yeah. I don't think it ever had its like proper like comic book or graphic novel of any kind. I don't think so. I don't think so either. 
so it's always been a comic strip and it's always been like three to six panels depending on what short story they want to tell and you have these ridiculous characters and it's loosely based upon like the al capone bullshit from like 1920s prohibition shit like that so and then you'll when we go through the list of characters you'll see very much tracy versus the mob yes so what are your thoughts on this movie (laughs) <laughs> I don't really know that there's a good way to put in words besides that. Like, it's fun to remember the things that we talked about in film, film study, study about yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much my sentiment. It was oh, like, oh, hold on. In in true uh, Dick Tracy form, I'll give you exactly my thoughts on this movie from beginning to end. <laughs> now if you slow it down <laughs> oh my god this movie i know I, all these characters are from the actual comic strip so they're and they're not made up for the movie they're all ridiculous characters there's like there's an adage of why certain things should not be given any sort of like solenoid when it comes to like characters like mumbles in the comic strip you don't really understand what he says a character like mumbles in live action with his face basically like smushed to the left looks ridiculous and sounds ridiculous and how they some of the story plot points of how they go from figuring out who did what and why is just absurd yeah. I mean, there's even near the end where... Dick- I'm going to arrest Big Boy because there were walnuts. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Why? He likes walnuts! <laughs> or even at the end, whenever he's chasing after Big Boy and he goes into the wine cellar and it's closed off, but why does he go to the bridge where Big Boy is? Like, that makes no sense. How would he know? There was no indication that he knows that the, the exit through the wine cellar leads like, to the bridge. Like he heard a train and he's like... Oh, yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> I know where he's going. Uh, it's just, the movie is, it's done decently. Like, Warren Beatty does it pretty decently, but there are, I think the hindrance of this movie is the overacting from, like, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino. Uh, I'd even say maybe the kid as well, Charles Corsmo. He kind of especially when he tells dick tracy to go suck an egg i was like all right that's a bit aggressive go suck an egg <laughs> but it, warren Beatty does a pretty decent job as dick tracy and it did it did kind of make me happy that they went with like 1930s lingo and stuff and yeah it wasn't yeah. like like dick tracy today be like hey you got a name kid yeah fuck you copper <laughs> 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 you just have a child say, kiss my dick, motherfucker. <laughs> you got a name, kid? Yeah, I gave it to your mom last night. <laughs> I left it on her lips. Go fucking find it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it was a nice change of pace to have actual 1920s, 1930s lingo in it. But the, it, it the, does... only, the only thing that bugs me is, like, I mean, I... I simultaneously like and dislike the all the mobsters like having fucked up faces, but at the same time, like everybody else in the world is normal. 
And yeah, yeah, except for the gangsters. It's yeah. just the bad guys it, it even, that look <laughs> fucked up. And it's like, well, they're obviously the criminals. <laughs> right. Why? Look at them. <laughs> right. I, I see you're right. You're sentenced to jail for life. Right. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, anybody that comes up like with a lazy eye or something, like anybody that's born with a lazy eye, immediately to jail. <laughs> I, you, <laughs> you just get a. Oh man, uh, Fred Fred Armisen's character from Parks and Recreation, the Venezuelan diplomat, <laughs> yeah. just right to jail. <laughs> just listing off all the things that you can't do. <laughs> just lazy eye, right to jail. <laughs> I mean, it even gets to the point where I don't know if this was on purpose or if they were trying to do it uh, as a gotcha type moment. But we see the cops walk up to Lips Manless at the beginning of the movie. And we know right away, if you know anything about this movie, like the first cop that's speaking, his face is all fucked up. It's all like, he's got like a big chin, like scars all over his face. So you know he's a bad guy. He's not a cop. So automatically you know something's up. Uh-huh. But the character doesn't know until he gets into the car. I'm like, did you not see how everybody else looks? Even you look fucking weird. <laughs> oh my god uh madonna is not wrong in that part uh i can't stand it whenever he's fucking eating i can't stand anybody making noise while they eat it's food chew it move the fuck on it makes no sense why some people are like goddamn animals anyway let's get into this movie my pet people out of the way um and this movie was written and uh made in 1990 not written uh, but it was written by Jack or Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr., directed by Warren Beatty, as I said earlier. He also plays the titular character, Dick Tracy. But it also stars Madonna, Al Pacino, Charlie Corsmo, uh, Michael Donovan O'Donnelly, Jim Mulkey, Stig Eldred, Neil Summers, Chuck Hicks, Lawrence Stephen Myers. And the next name, do you know who plays 88 Keys, Ryan? No. Mandy Patinkin. Does he? Yeah, that's Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> All right. Um, and we also have Dick Van Dyke as the DA. Uh, there are a few other actors I'm going to get to, but do you name the two actors that are in Dick Tracy that are also in Misery, Stephen King's Misery? I knew this was fucking going to get you because I fucking, it, I nearly shit my pants when I found out about this. It's like, holy shit. They never share screen time in this movie, but yeah, they definitely do in Misery. Name the two actors. The most obvious, if you say they definitely share screen time in misery, is uh, James Caan and Kathy Bates. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, James Caan plays uh, Spindoli, the guy that's like, I'm out with the mustache, as uh, oh, okay. Big Boy is talking to all the other heads of the families and whatnot, and he dies in the car explosion. That's James Caan. But Kathy Bates plays Mrs. Green, the stenographer during the Mumbles interrogation. Oh, yeah. That, that's Kathy Bates. Yeah. I about shit myself when I figured that out. <laughs> that scene made me laugh because she's just like, what? <laughs> uh, but this movie also stars William Forsyth, Edo Ross, Glenna Headley, um, Marvel Lee, Carrie... Uh, Karagia, sure. Michael Gallup, Seymour Castle, Charles Durning, James Caan, as I mentioned, Dust and Dustin Hoffman. And um, yeah, as I mentioned, we have Danny Elfman uh, doing the music for this movie. And you, you will hear several times throughout this entire movie Danny Elfman's Batman, I guess, 
tendencies in this movie because you get a lot of that. It's very similar sounds from the Batman, the 88 Batman and this Dick Tracy movie. How how do we know it's Danny Elfman? Well, it has a little bit of whimsicalness to the music. <laughs> but we also have Stephen Sondheim who also did um, a lot of the like big chorus numbers. So the songs are that uh, he did Back in Business. Um, that's whenever Dick Tracy's in jail. Uh, Live Alone and Like It. Um, that's whenever we hear um, the music, whenever there's that small montage scene with Miss Trueheart, Dick Tracy, and oh, the kid. We have more, the song that she's singing with her hands out in front of her and saying, more, whatever the fuck. That uh, big boy loses my, his shit my, out. My, 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 Sooner or later, which is the song that Dick Tracy, uh, you hear the song whenever Dick Tracy's just basically pounding at big boys' businesses, all the fronts that mm-hmm. he's uh, extorting and whatnot. And what can you lose? I don't remember that song anywhere. I think it may be the song that Mandy Patinkin sings as it, whenever he's just at the piano and he's just singing, and then Madonna comes beside him and sits, and they yeah. start singing together. Yeah. I think so. So, yeah, and I, I was shocked that Stephen Sondheim, may he rest in peace, he just passed away, what, like a month ago? Yeah. So, would not be associated, but would just do specific songs for the movie. I figured he would be just the go-to composer. If you were going to ask Stephen Sondheim to be part of it, why not have him do all the All music? of it. Not just the specific songs for in the movie, but whatever. It seems like Danny Elfman and him uh, seem to get along. Um, anyway, let's start this movie off. And it starts off with um, the new... I'm, I'm tr- I don't know the specific... I guess it would be like 1920s news reporter... Which is like a fast talking, like oh, here at eleven o'clock it's crime type bullshit. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is that we start off. We hear just the different instances. Like uh, in Futurama, they whenever they go to the uh, the theater to watch a movie, and <laughs> you get a this week in the universe. Yes, <laughs> yes. This person did this. This person did this. This person did this. Now on to the show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like that. <laughs> Um, when we hear just incidences of uh, a this woman is, being... This is pre-TV, <clears throat> so this is like a radio Yeah, it's a radio. ...program. Uh, I mean, we just see like different implements in front of the radio, like a watch radio, uh, a gun, and a badge in front of the radio. And we just hear different news reports of crime happening throughout the city that Dick Tracy's in, which I don't think they ever mentioned the city name. I don't remember the city name ever being mentioned once. Yeah, I don't either. Now that you say that, I don't. I think it's supposed to be an allegory for Chicago because of the Al Capone connection, shit like that. So maybe. Um, but yeah, we just hear different crimes starting to happen. And I guess Tracy doesn't really care about it because he's just suiting up at this point. He exits his apartment. And we cut to, I think it just, from his apartment window, we then pan over all the different like matte paintings. They use matte paintings quite a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. They'll have certain sets for each scene, but if they get like a wide or even like down an alleyway and you see like the back half of the I guess cityscape, it's all matte paintings. We go from Dick Tracy's apartment as he leaves it and we pan over to the Ritz. Yeah, Club Ritz. That's the name of the yeah. Club Ritz. And we just see <clears throat> like the crackers. Yes. <laughs> It's like the crackers. Yes, you're very. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> the other day. I just completely fucking broke Greg's brain. No. Like, what? 
the other day I was asked to give like the 15 second like elevator pitch to someone about our podcast. I was like, well, it's pretty much just, you know, there's two nerds that are constantly talking about certain movies, just breaking it down, just running through the movie. But just that image that you have in your brain of those two nerds now add crying and bad jokes. <laughs> and that just reminded me of the, just the bad joke. Um, but yeah, I had to give that 15 second elevator <laughs> <Just> pitch. Like- <laughs> Like the crackers, what? The f- oh, oh, crackers. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, very good. Whatever. <laughs> we see a little bit inside Club Ritz. Uh, we just see like Madonna singing and dancing, but then we cut to a kid out in the streets, and he's just like rummaging through trash. He sees like a half-eaten sandwich in the trash, starts eating from it. Cop comes down the alleyway, sees the kid. Kid books it into a nearby warehouse. In the warehouse, we just see like gangsters just chit chatting around a poker table, playing some sort of poker game. Um, the gangsters' names, and I wrote it down just to be make sure. And a lot of the names uh, will give you an idea of who and what type of character they are. So we have oh, that's Big Chin McGee. And so we have the brow, which is just the guy with the with rolls a huge on brow. Rolls of, uh, we have Stooge Viler, which I believe is the like rat-like looking guy. Um, we have a little face. We have shoulders. Oh no. Rodent is another one. That's the rat like looking. Um, and they're all hanging around just playing cards. Shoulders has big shoulders. Yes. So little face has a little face. Little face, which is a child apparently. Well, whenever they do a tight shot on little face's actual face, it's a child in that makeup with like the bulbous head and everything. But when he stands up and he's from afar, uh, right. it's an it's adult. A- but just that little face inside the makeup and everything. There's a child right there. <laughs> I always thought that was fascinating. That just for that sh- shot right there, the tight shot on Babyface's face, it's a child. Little face. <laughs> yeah. Little face's face, not Babyface. <laughs> or face. little face, yeah. So yeah, they're playing the card game. And Charlie, not Charlie, but that Charlie's the name of the actor. But the kid sees the card game going, going on. He then hits one of the nearby drums, causing a, a racket of some sort. The gangsters look over and... At, right when they look over, they see a cat come out. And they're like, oh, it's just the cat. Um, we hear one of the gangsters. It's like, here, kitty, kitty. He grabs it and then just launches yeah, just it. chucks it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeet. <laughs> it, it was insane to watch. It was... Uh, it was- Fucking rat boy. He's like, ah, it's gonna eat me. <laughs> right. Uh, and then uh, right he like shakes it first, too. He like, discombobulate it, box its ears, and make it run. Right. But as he throws the cat, we then hear, all right, whose turn is it next? And then a car comes crashing into the warehouse, just laying waste to all the guys right in front of him. We just hear, we just see the classic. Like Tommy guns out the side of the window as it crashes through the uh, warehouse, just pumping everybody full of lead. Uh, we see one guy get out along with a few other gangsters, and the guy that comes out is Flat Top. He's got a big bulbous head with a flat top. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, the names aren't creative, but they're also very much of the time, if you will. It's 1938 gangster prohibition type era, so you're going to hear a lot of stupid fucking names. Like Itchy. Because he itches a lot. Because yeah, he's, he's scratching himself. <laughs> right. But there's also ones where I don't understand why they are the way that they are. Okay, so you have uh, the one guy with all the wrinkles all over his face that's constantly talking to Big Boy. Uh, when they find the bug in the conference room. Oh, yeah. The guy with like the wrinkles. 
His name is Influence. I don't know why. It just is. <laughs> it makes no sense. Man, what? What's what's this guy? Oh, it looks like he's got a lot of pock marks. Like he uh, <laughs> like he scratched whenever he had chicken pox or something. And so now he's got like craters all over his face. Crater face. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> <laughs> or what is it? Moon face, not crater face. Like he's one of the the gangster leaders. I don't think it's ever mentioned. I want to say it is. Prune face. Prune face. Prune face is the one. Names are fucking ridiculous. Names are ridiculous, but they are, like I just said, they some of them just don't make any sense. Anyway, so uh, Flat Top is laid waste to all these guys, and Flat Top is Big Boy's right-hand man. And then we see one of the gangsters tell Flat Top, no, we need to get out of here, the cops are going to be here any minute. Flat Top's like, no, wait a minute. And he just, lay, just unloads his gun on a nearby wall. We see words starting to appear, but we're not sure what it is. Which, Tommy guns don't work that way. No. Uh... <laughs> Fucking guns don't work that way. It's not like peeing in the snow. It doesn't work that way. Um, That's difficult. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So, yeah, we come to... we. They hear a clanging of a barrel. They all turn and unload their guns at the kid. Do they? Yeah. Okay. I know he books it out of there. And he fucking runs. As he's running away, Mm -hmm. he, like, hits one of the cans again, and there's a clang... Because it's oh, yeah. while he's spraying the wall, mm. and he turns, and then the other two gangsters all—they all unload their Tommy guns at these barrels. Right. Uh, but yeah, we cut to Dick Tracy in an opera. Yep. I guess some Viking opera. In in the audience for it. In he's the, not. He's, he's not, not actually in the, the opera. opera. Yes. He's he's there with his woman. Yes. Tess Trueheart. And they're just enjoying the opera, and then we hear just out of nowhere this loud fucking voice saying, Dick Tracy, come in, Dick Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy, come in, Dick Tracy. (laughs) Because that's not going to interrupt anybody's time. (laughs) Right. And we see a few people react to it, but I'm like, this is really fucking loud in the middle of an opera. Everyone would have heard that fucking thing go off. Dick Tracy uh, is told that there's an issue at the nearby warehouse. Dick Tracy says, all right, I'll be there. He He looks to test. He's like, I'll be right back. I want to see how it turns out. Uh, we then cut to Dick Tracy at that same warehouse, and they're just telling about what's going on. Like, five gangsters all laid to waste, and then this message on the wall for you. And it just says, eat lead, Tracy. And Dick Tracy's like, oh, it must be big boys, men, or some shit like that. He then walks away, uh, and then goes back into the opera, and is now watching, like, the finishing moments of the opera. Because this is a completely mm-hmm. different scene than what we see. Uh, whenever we're first introduced to Dick Tracy in the opera. And we then cut to outside the opera. They're exiting. He sees Dick. Tra- we see Dick Tracy being accosted by news reporters asking him about the uh, shootout at the old warehouse. What's going on? And Dick Tracy's not answering any of them. He's con- He's constantly just sidestepping. Like, when are you, you going to uh, try to go for uh, and they're also for asking chief of police? Him, yeah, yeah, about the chief of police. When is he going to take a desk job? And Tracy's not answering any of that. And then as they walk away from the reporters... Tess Trueheart asked him, he's like, Tracy, when are you going to take a desk job? And Tracy's like, I ain't no desk jockey type bullshit. I'm a man of the street. I'm a man! (laughs) And Tess is like, well, it would be a nice desk job. You'd be able to, you know, settle down, make sure you stay healthy and all that. And Tracy's having none of it. It's like, Tess, and he kind of, he's an all right guy overall, but he kind of like just all the woman Oh, she's constantly wearing your little head off. All oh, the woman type bullshit. 
you know, um, like the 1920s character that he is. <laughs> right. Uh, but he uh, is telling Tess, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out, whether it be a desk job or not. I really don't want the desk job, but I will consider it. Uh, they open up the diner they're about to enter, and bam, out uh, bursts the kid with a guy right behind him saying, stop that kid. He stole like 20 bucks from me or some shit like that. Dick Tracy goes... Uh, Running after the kid. So that's like $1,000 in today's money. <laughs> uh, Dick goes after the kid, and right when he does, we see Tess go into the diner. We Apparently, they're very familiar with the diner and the diner owner, because uh, the diner chef asks Tess what she'll have. She's like, oh, just a coffee right now. The rest of my party will be here soon. Knowing full well that Tracy's probably going to bring home this street urchin, whoever he is. We then cut to the kid being chased by Dick Tracy in the train yard. And right before Tracy can catch up to him, the kid runs past a nearby train that's passing them and cuts across it. Tracy loses him completely. Doesn't know where the fuck the kid has went. We then cut to kid entering a nearby shed with like some like grotesque-looking motherfucker. I never got a name. I have no idea who this character is. So I have no idea. It's just, it's very Oliver Twist. I, what was his name from Oliver Twist that they're always giving every, all their stealings to? Oh, uh, uh, the guy with the top hat. I can't remember his name, but that guy, the guy in he- the guy that's, uh, I guess, the leader well, of the orphans that the steal things on the street. I can't remember the name of the guy. And he asked the kid, like, "What did you get?" He's like, "I got this watch and some money." He lays it on the table. And the kid's like, "You didn't leave me any chicken. What the hell?" Because he's just the guy. A lot of the characters are chewing or eating in this fucking movie, and most of the time, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's no, like, simple eating. Dick Tracy eats perfectly fine. Tess Trueheart eats perfectly fine. The kid, I want to punch him in his fucking face because I cannot stand. I don't mind that he eats a lot. It's how he eats. It bugs the shit out of me. Same with uh, Big Boy. Same so, with... So, uh, the, the kid I will defend because he's, like, a street urchin mm-hmm. who doesn't know when his next meal is going to be for, I guess. like, the past... Yeah. 10 years of his life, 10 or 11 years of his life, because he's definitely, like... He's been on the streets for a while. Yeah, he's he's above double digits. Yeah. So, he eats like that because he's... At first, it's because he's ravenous, because, like you said, he didn't save me no chicken! Right. And then, it pr- progressively, is just, like, because he's caveman basically and doesn't know when he's going to get his next meal he's just shoving food into his mouth as much as he can as fast as he can yeah and then everybody else is because they're supposed to be grotesque characters you're supposed (laughs) to fucking hate them so but i already hated them without them eating like goddamn (laughs) cavemen Uh, we'll get to great We'll get the lips man here in a second. Shut up, Pacino. <laughs> right. The kid is trying to get some chicken off the table from the orphan leader or whatever the fuck. And as he tries to reach for it, the guy just basically just shoves the kid out of the way, screaming at him. Like, no. Fuck you. Um right when that happens, we see Dick Tracy enter the shed. He's like, You like to beat up on little kids, do you? And then we see just Dick Tracy fight the guy. Uh, we cut to outside the shed, and we just see the shed like rocking back and forth as we hear punches being laid uh, on this guy. The, Dick Tracy ends up uh, punching the guy thing out through a wall in the shed, yeah, and just basically lays the guy out completely. Uh, we then cut to I think this is where uh, the lips manless uh, scene, and it's uh, back at Club Ritz, and we just see Madonna finishing up a song. 
And she goes to the table that Lips Manless is at, and he's just knocking back oysters, just taking one shout, taking another, taking out, and he just constantly just knocking them back to a point where he he's slurping them and just grab using both hands, slurps one, grabs the uh, uh, with his empty hand, just constantly like double fisting them, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, to the point where he finishes a tray, and before the new tray comes in with the oysters. He still has an old oyster in the um, in his hand. He just tosses it onto the table because he's just knocking these back so fucking fast. It's disgusting as shit. Uh, Madonna comes down, sits, and watches him. Uh, this guy, this character's name is Lips Manless, with a look of disgust on her face. Yes, and Lips Manless has like this fish-like look to his lips, where it's like you know, like they're really thin and super long yeah. out, like almost. Almost like, like a fish. Joker. Well, the extension. Joker goes up. His goes down, like towards like if. Well, yeah, yeah, they do kind of gravitate towards a his down, chin. Almost like a fish. If you look at yeah. a fish as it looks up through the water, it's very much like that. Um, and Madonna's like, "Hey, can I go? This is ridiculous." Because Lips congratulates her on a beautiful set, and Madonna's like, uh, "Can I go? This is making me sick." And he's like, "It didn't used to." And Madonna's like, "Yeah, you didn't look like a fucking Zeppelin before." And he's like, oh, you're breaking my heart. Uh, and as they're having this little spat, we then hear, <laughs> oh, you got a mouth on you. Just wait till we get home. I'll smack you around. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> like, Mater D comes in. He's like, Lips, cops, the cops are here. Lips. And as he says that, the cop comes in. And he's like, Lips, manless. I got a warrant for your arrest. And the guy speaking looks like a bad guy. Yeah. There's no other ifs, ands, or buts. Like I mentioned earlier, he's got like this fucked up face, very big chin. They handcuff Lips and escort him out of the club. And as he gets into the quote-unquote squad car, uh, he sees Flat Top in the back of the car with a gun trained on him. And Lips is like, no, no, these aren't cops. No, no. Uh, they shove him in the car. Car goes barreling away from the club ritz. At the same instance, we also see an actual cop see this car pass by with a bunch of squad members in it. And he's like, wait a minute. They shouldn't all be in that one car. This doesn't make any sense. Hmm. <laughs> uh, he ends up following them. Uh, we then cut to, I believe it's just the kids shoveling in food at this point. Well, it's, yeah, sitting by, or he, Dick Tracy brings him back to the diner. Yeah. Makes him return the stuff that he stole. And then sits down. And. Eating fucking everything in front of him. He's like, hey, get this kid whatever he wants. It's on me. Yep. And so the kid orders and starts shoveling food in his face. And Dick Tracy's pressing him. Like, what's your name? Who are you? What's your name? And he's like, I'm Kid. And Dick Tracy's like, that's not a name. And the kid doesn't respond, but it's pretty much like, who gives a shit? My name is Kid. Let's go with that. Before he gets word about something going on at the docks, we then cut to... Lips being escorted in front of Big Boy. Yeah. And Big Boy's got his gloves on with just a bunch of walnuts in his hand. He's chewing, eating a few, dropping the shells on the ground. I'm only mentioning it because of what comes up later. And he's just telling Lips Manless, he's like, you're fucked. I own everything. You're going to sign over the Club Ritz to me or I'm going to kill you. Uh, Lips signs over Club Ritz and he's like, your men now work for me. And then he tells Lips, you're dirty, Lips. You need a bath. And Lips right away knows what a bath no, means. No, 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 not a he bath. He starts freaking out. They uh, Madonna him. is also there. Madonna is also there. That's right. Um, she's standing nearby because I guess she's privy to all the gangsters' day-to-day business. Because we see her 
I don't know if it's just because it's Madonna and they wanted her in more scenes. I know Warren Beatty and Madonna were dating at the time. Yeah. So maybe he wanted her in more scenes. It just doesn't make any sense why Breathless Mahoney would be in this scene if she's just the star of their club Ritz. Makes no sense. Right. But, yeah, she is there. She's watching all this happen. Well, I think it's because uh, at the time, Lips being the owner of the club, it's his kept woman. Yeah. Like, obviously, because he gets to, uh, because he lets her sing at his club, then she has to sleep with him and they're together. Yeah, I guess. And then, uh, in the scene where he's like, everything you owned is mine now. Like, uh, big boy. Mm -hmm. He's like, everything you own is mine now. And he like saunters up to Madonna is like. You're mine now, and she's like, "Okay, I'm I'm a woman that knows how to survive." Yeah, pretty much. That's because he says, "No women in my life either were mink or were nothing at all." And we we hear uh, Breathless Mahoney is like, "I look good in both, <laughs> either nothing at all or in mink." So, um, we hear several of those lines, which I also have to commend HD, just the format, because well, I'll condemn it and. Congratulate it because in this scene, there's a few scenes coming up where it's just Breathless Mahoney in her dressing room. Now, I don't remember it ever being visible on like regular like DVD or anything like that, but I watched it digitally today, uh, streaming on my 4K like curved fucking television, and you can see her breasts through that sheer top that she has on. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We even see her as she walks closer to the camera, we see her put her hands over where her nipples would be. Just, you know, strategically trying to hide them because that's what they wanted to do. They didn't want to cross that barrier. But you very much see them in uh, that sheer top that she has on later on in the movie. And there's no getting around it. So you see Madonna's breasts in that movie. I don't know if she's ever shown her breasts or ever wanted to show her breasts in movies. But you very much see her uh, boobs in this movie. Uh, the thing I want to condemn it at is at the end of the movie, whenever Breathless and Dick Tracy kiss... You notice a string of spit between the two. It is disgusting because it's just there and it lingers for a minute and then they start talking and it breaks, but it's just gross. Big Boy has already told Breathless, like, you're mine now and you don't wear mink or you wear nothing at all. Uh, we see uh, Lips Manless in a crate with all this concrete being poured over him and he's begging Big Boy not to do this. Um, it fills up all the way. They close the crate. They toss the crate into the uh, ocean. They just open the trap door. Yeah, the, the crate is sitting on top of. And it drops into the ocean. Yep. Uh, we just hear Ma- uh, Lips Manless just scream, and that's the end of Lips Manless. He's gone. Nobody knows. Throughout the entire movie, nobody knows where the fuck he is. Even though they're at the warehouse, the trap door is clearly visible. Why not look under where the trap door is? Because it would ruin it right because the whole reason that dick tracy's accosting big boys because they're like where's lips manless where's lips manless what's going on with lips manless but all they really had to do was like look look (laughs) under the trap door that's clearly visible in that warehouse uh, or on the dock Hold, hold on you know he's i mean he's he's just a cop we have to follow the evidence there's there's like 75 crates there's uh there's a cement truck there. They position a new crate on top of this. Looks to be a. If you pulled a switch, maybe the floor would open up. So, 
they shot him into outer space. <laughs> Obviously. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Tracy gets to the docks because he gets word on his uh, watch radio that there's something going on at the well, docks. And, uh, they, they talk about calling like child welfare or something because it's the law. Yeah. yeah. And the kid's like, I'm, I'll run. I'll run. Yeah, I ain't staying at no orphanage. He's like, I'm not going back there. And he's like, okay, well, like, let's, let's figure it out later. Tess, can you watch him while I go deal with this stuff at the docks? Yep. We see Dick Tracy lay a 20 on the table. Uh, and Tess and Dick Tracy are talking for a bit. The kid sees the 20, takes it, pockets it. Like, very nonchalantly reaches up and slowly, 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 all at once, takes it back down. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do anything. Shifty eyes, shifty eyes, shifty eyes. <laughs> uh, Tracy leaves. Tess goes back to the kids, and I believe the kid mentions like, um, "How long have you guys been together?" or something like that. And she's like, "Oh, you know, twelve years." Do you want a broken arm? <laughs> and he's like, "What are you talking about?" What? She said, "Put it back." <laughs> oh man! He throws the money back on the table. We cut to Tracy now in that dock warehouse area, and he has a handkerchief with just a bunch of walnuts in his hand. He's like, "Walnuts," and I'm like, "Yeah, very good." Now what do you see? <laughs> Bring a big boy. Why? Because he likes walnuts. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> right. And Dick Tracy tells him, like, look, we need to get a, a hold of Big Boy because... Well, no, like, the other cops are talking in the background, and he's looking around, he grabs those, and then he also, like, grabs an earring. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he pockets the earring and stands up and turns around, they're like, oh, what you got there, Tracy? And he's like, walnuts. <laughs> yeah. We're clearly looking for Big Boy. Or a woman. <laughs> But he doesn't bring out like he pockets evidence. Yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't come into play until later on, whenever Breathless is trying to woo him. Like he's supposed to be like everything by the numbers cop yeah. thing. You don't pocket evidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> evidence that clearly could be vital in this so, case. <laughs> he's a cop, but he's not a very good cop, <laughs> right? Yeah, they, Dick tells him to try to get the guys in the lab to pull some fingerprints off the. Uh, well, walnuts. he's like, he's like, tell him I need the results in the morning because I'm going to go ahead and pull him big boy now. And they're like, whoa, don't you think maybe you should wait and see? Because, you know, if you bring him in too early, then we can't hold him and, like, we can't charge him with stuff. And he's like, nope, it's fine. Let's go. <laughs> yep. And yeah, they go to Club Ritz, and uh, we before they enter Club Ritz, we see Big Boy with uh, Breathless Mahoney and all the other showgirls, and he's just. And this is one of the scenes where I'm like, Al Pacino is fucking ridiculous at times. This is one of them. So he's there being their choreographer, I guess. <laughs> more, 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 yeah, they're singing "I Want More," doing the hand gestures and everything. And he's we fucking see Al Pacino doing the same hand gestures and everything, just. Prancing around them and everything. Fucking throwing walnuts in his face every <laughs> yes, once in a while. Yes. It looks absurd. At one point, uh, Breathless Mahoney is singing like from like a deep uh, part of her body. And she has to like project pretty loudly. And Al Pacino just walks up to her and just cracks her in the midsection. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And this is another one of those scenes where it's like enhanced by HD. Because you see welt marks on her abdomen area. I'm like, 
fucking hell, he cracked her a good one. But yeah, she's having none of it yeah, at this and point. He's, he's like repositioning girls as they're dancing yeah, and yeah. stuff. Apparently, he's an expert choreographer on top of being a yeah. criminal because he's trying to get them all to make it look exactly right. Uh, yes, very much so. Uh, we see the musical number basically get to its finish, and they're all standing there like, yeah. And then we just hear Big Boy just immediately scream, no, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. And they're all rolling their eyes. We also mentioned that uh, some of the other band members in Club Ritz are like passed out on the table. And Breathless, or not Breathless, but 88 Keys, he's like, sir, it's like three o'clock in the morning. Maybe we try this again in the morning. And Big Boy's like, oh, you want to try this in the morning? Let these girls get some sleep. And he just slams the uh, key cover for the piano on 88 Keys. And Breathless Mahoney's like, hey, you're just going to have a shit show either way because he's the best piano player we have in the city in the city and big boy is just basically telling her like look i can do whatever the fuck i want i don't give a shit about him and we hear the key is starting to play again and he's like look he's starting to play better already um and then as that conversation ends we then have dick tracy barreling his way in he's like big boy caprice you're under arrest for the disappearance of lips manless and he's like what are you talking about lips manless i don't he left. He left me this club. I've got the deed and everything. Here it is. I don't know where he went, but he gave me this club and everything. So um, maybe you need to talk to my lawyer. And Dick Tracy's like, no, you need to come with me. You, Flat Top, and I think Itchy as well. You need to come with me. Mm-hmm. So they arrest all three. Big Boy is not having any of it. We see Dick Tracy leave with Big Boy and his men, but then he hangs back for a bit because we see Lip, uh, Lips Mahoney. We see Breathless Mahoney walk to her uh, back room because Tracy clocked the earring that he pulled from the uh, dock is very similar to the one that she has on her right now. So he follows her into her dressing room. This is the scene I'm talking about Um, because he walks into the room, notices that she's trying to get undressed and she's like, no, 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 don't go anywhere. Um, She's behind one of those like changing boards. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. And she's like, no, stay here. We could talk here in a second. And she walks out. And like I said, it's a very much sheer top. No, it's, uh, he walks in and she's like, you think you can just walk in without knocking? And yeah. he goes to walk out to knock. Yeah, that's right. She's like, no, it's fine. Just stay here. <laughs> What's done is done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she walks out as the conversation continues. Dick Tracy's trying to get her to flip on big boy. And she's like, look, if I tell you anything about big boy, they'll kill me right away. So there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, she walks up to him. Uh, and Dick Tracy's like, uh, why don't I bring you downtown and have you sweat under the lights? And another innuendo that she says, she's like, I sweat better in the dark. <laughs> uh, she's very much trying to fuck the shit out of Dick Tracy throughout this entire movie. Even when she's dying, she's like, yeah. tell me it would have been worth it if you and I got together. And he doesn't say anything. She dies. But she, even while she's got like three rounds in her and she's bleeding out, she's like, fuck me, Dick Tracy. This is the last thing. Fuck me. I'm dying. This is my dying wish. We, I think it's just, uh, the scene ends, we just cut to in the police station, and it's Itchy and Flattop being accosted by the cops, being thrown into their nearby cell, but we also have Mumbles in an interrogation room with his pants off? Yeah. It makes no sense why his pants off. I get why the light is there, and they're, they're literally sweating him under the lights. I get that, but it doesn't make any sense why his pants are off. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so they're interrogating him. Tracy comes in. He's like, look, Mumbles, you need to tell me everything you need. You know. I know you know everything. You were there. Whatever happened with Lips Manless. I know you fucking know. You're the guy. 
nearby on a table is like a water cooler in the shape of a polar bear. Dick takes a glass, fills it up <laughs> the to spout, the brim. The spout is at the dick. So, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So Dick gets a dick spout <laughs> of water and fills it up to the brim, like so close. The steadiest hand. So close to spilling over. Because, yes. uh, yeah, he raises it up. He's like, look, Mamos, look what I got. Do you want this? And he just, like, floats it by. I was gonna say waft, but that's more of a smell thing. But just like floats it by. Well, uh, no, it very much. Face. It very much looks like he's trying to waft water. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That um, that would be an accurate comparison. Okay, he's like, mm, mm, see, <laughs> and mumbles is see? trying to get to it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dick is like, all right, Mumbles, you won't tell me what's going on. And then he just starts knocking back the drink. And right away, Mumbles like, and we'll find out later what he's saying. Um, and Dick finishes a glass of water. He's like, all right, Miss Green, you heard the man. That's his confession. And Miss Green's like, what, what? the fuck? Um, they exit the uh, interrogation room. Mumbles with his coat and pants cut to, what is the next scene? Tracy goes home. Tess meets him at the door and is like, good luck getting some sleep. And he looks in. Oh, that's right. Because she, she's already entered his apartment and the kid's sleeping on his bed. Tess is like kind of passed on on the nearby chair. And she realizes like six in the morning, which I, they're not really clear. I think she's a florist. Maybe she's a botanist. Because we just see her working in a green room or a greenhouse. I just don't know if she's a botanist or a florist. She knows a lot about flowers and whatnot. So I'm assuming florist. Sure. Because, you know, botanist requires a science degree of some sort. And in 1930s gangster movies, women, women aren't stupid. Women don't get science degrees. <laughs> right. Women uh, don't get degrees in general. They don't even get degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> right. So, yeah, she tells Dick that she's got to go. She has to, like, get to the dandelions or whatever the fuck. Dick sees the kid on the bed sleeping. And then we just see yeah, Dick Tracy going back to the police station. Just on the warpath, I guess. I think he's interrogating Flat Top and Itchy. And Itchy is like, look, I want my phone call. Give me my phone call. And we see Dick Tracy pull out the phone line from the phone, tosses the phone to Itchy. And Itchy's like, no, fuck, that's not what I want. And throws the phone off to the ground. And Dick Tracy's like, Did you I want to know Pete. <laughs> Did you see that, Pete? He didn't want his phone call. <laughs> and uh, Flat Top is basically telling Dick, he's like, look, you can't keep us here any longer. You've got nothing on us. And I love this is one of the one lines I love from Dick Tracy. He just looks at Pete and the other guy. He's like two right-hand men, Pete and... Repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wrote it down. Yeah, Pete and repeat. Yeah, it's like Pete and Mike. I think it's Pete and Mike. Um, and he tells Pete, it's like, make the bad men go away, Pete. <laughs> They're scaring me. And then, uh, he ushers them out. Uh, and then we, at the end of this, uh, quote unquote interrogation scene between Flat Top and Itchy, we hear, I think it's Mike come out and he's like, uh, look, Tess is having a hard time getting the kid in any clothes. They, she needs you down at the, uh, seamstress right fucking now. Dick Tracy is then, we, we then cut to outside some sort of like, um, stylish shop because we just see the kid come barreling out of the store in nothing but they're not long johns but they're kind of like long johns yeah like a white under suit yeah i guess 
because the shorts and the shirt are attached. So it's some sort of like underwear type thing. I don't know. But he's got nothing but that on, a hat, and boots. And he's trying to book it at this point. Tracy's right behind him. He's like, look, kid, look, you don't need to do this. This is not, this is unnecessary. Just go in there. What the hell are you doing? He's like, no. I know. The, give me a suit so you can send me back to the orphanage. We had to wear this certain type of suit in the orphanage, orphanage or, or some, something like that. Yeah, he just doesn't like and suits. And Dick Tracy's like, all right, calm down. Like, you don't necessarily have to get that one. If you don't want to wear a suit, don't wear a suit. Tell them. Pick what you want to wear, because <laughs> they're clothes, <laughs> yeah. and put them on. Yep. <laughs> like, you don't have to get that certain suit. You can, like, tell them what you want to wear. And the kid's like, oh, okay, that sounds okay. Yep. So he walks back in and picks a fucking gaudy red suit. Yeah, it's very news, uh, paper newsboy-esque with the flat cap and the jacket and the high pants. And the high socks and everything. It looks absurd, but whatever. Of the time, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, they, he gets the suit on, and then we just get a, one of, I think, like three or four montages in this movie. Um, apparently, this movie was like four hours long or some ridiculous length of time. Because uh, Warren Beatty wasn't sure if he was going to get a sequel, so he crammed fucking everything into this movie. That's why we get a lot of gangsters in this movie. Uh, which, I don't know why they didn't make a sequel, because this movie, we'll get to it uh, later on. But this movie made a decent amount of money. Enough to make a sequel, so I don't know why they didn't. But yeah, there's a reason why we get several montages in this movie. is because he's trying to cut down what he originally, the time frame that he had originally. Because we get like three or four montages in this movie. It's a bit ridiculous, but whatever. The first montage scene we get is of Tess, well, this one the makes kid, and Dick sense. Tracy. Yeah, because they're just doing like a family type thing. Yeah. But everywhere they go... So, when do we eat? Yeah. The kid. When do we eat? And when do we whenever eat? Whenever he says it, it he just finishes the, off like food. And it shit. flashes to them eating, and then it uh, they are like you know at a park. Hey, when do we eat? Yeah. And it's just them going through the countryside of everything, and he's just driving around. When do we eat? A bottomless pit. When do at we this point. eat? When do we eat? Yeah. God damn it, kid! <laughs> you got a tapeworm. <laughs> All right. Uh, which is he was a street urchin. It's very possible that he has a tapeworm of some sort. So. We then cut to later in the day, and the kid's passed out with, like, a uh, straw left in his mouth from, like, some Coke he was drinking. Tess take, takes it out. Dick parks the car. And with the kid, what they see think is passed out, Dick is, like, telling her, like, look, why, why don't we stop messing around? You live alone. And Tess is like, I like living alone. And Dick's like, I know you like living alone. I like living alone. But if two people like living alone, shouldn't they live together? And it's just his haphazard way of trying to propose to Tess. He doesn't get to the proposal because while he's in the middle of trying to explain to her that they should live together and, you know, be married at some point, um, he's like, you know what? I can't do this. The kid's here. We should exit the vehicle. So he walks her up to her apartment, uh, or at least the, like, um, stoop of her apartment, like that main entrance way. And he's trying to convince her to marry him. We should be married. Let's stop all this nonsense. But before he can actually get to the proposal, the kid wakes up, sees this conversation happen, but also sees a car barreling towards them. He opens up the window. He's like, Tracy, look out. And as he does that, uh, a bunch of like Tommy guns comes out of the car and just lays waste to where Tracy should have been. He ducks out of the way with uh, protecting with Tess. Tess at the same time. Uh, the car drives away. 
and Tracy comes uh, out into the street looking at the car, trying to get some sort of like make and model of it. He doesn't. The kid comes out as well. He's like, holy shit, Tracy, did you see that? And Tracy's like, thanks for the heads up, kid. He's like, what are we going to do? We need to go after them. We need to go after them. Tess is got somewhat of a worried look on her face. And she's like, look, Tracy, you don't want to get this job? Fine. Um, you want to stay on the streets? Fine. But don't expect me to like it. Um, she goes back into her apartment. Dick is not... He's a bit... He has like the shell shock look on it. But shell shocked from the fact that it's Tess nearly got hurt. Not that he was shot at. He gets shot right, at all the time. Right, he gets shot at all the time. Um, but that Tess was the one that got shot at. And we then cut to... I think it's back, him back at the police department. And Breathless Mahoney comes in with like a bottle of champagne or something and a couple of glasses. The kid is asleep outside of Dick Tracy's apartment or uh, office. And Breathless Mahoney comes in and Dick is like, what the fuck? I know you were there at the docks. You need to fucking tell me what happened. Where's Lips? Where's Lips? And Breathless Mahoney, she's trying everything. She gets to the point where she even presents Across his deck desk, yeah, uh, and he's not buying any of it because she wants the dick. Yeah, she wants dicks, dicks, um, <laughs> dicks, dicks. <laughs> yes, I said that wrong. Yeah, and as she's trying to convince him of that, he just we see him having none of it. She's trying to fucking get him to fuck her, and as she's has this glass of champagne in her hand, we just see him raise up the uh, earring into the frame of the shot and then drop it into her drink. He's like. Look, I know you were there. This is your earring. And she knows that he knows that she was there. And she's like, no, if I fucking turn on Big Boy. And he knows that she knows that he knows that she was there. <laughs> right. And she knows that he knows that she knows that he knows that she was there. <laughs> right. Breathless <laughs> um, Mahoney is basically telling Dick, is like, look, whatever. You knew I was there. I ain't saying a fucking word. Uh, big boys men already know I was probably brought here. They're probably going to kill me anyway, so I'm not saying a fucking thing just to cover my ass. And Dick's like, all right, fine. What the fuck ever? Uh, she leaves. Then it cuts to big boy getting pissed at whoever took a shot at Tracy. Is it him walking in through the graveyard yelling at someone yeah. as he walks in the frame? And I then we see so. who he's yelling at, which is Dick Van Dyke's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Or no, 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 no. That's not yet. That's not yet. What is the next scene? I'm trying to fucking remember, and I can't remember what the next scene is after this little. He's yelling at the other gangsters, and is like, "If somebody kills this Dick the Tracy, yeah. then they're uh, gonna point it. At they're me. gonna point it at me." I forgot to mention when we first started this movie. Big Boy also has a tendency to quote incorrect quotes for people. Um, the first quote I think is like. Um, whenever uh, Big Boy's leaving the courthouse after he's been hell for 24 hours after Dick Tracy picked him up. Um, and he's talking to reporters and stuff. He's like, this Dick Tracy's out of hand. He needs to be stopped, blah, blah, blah. And then as he enters the car, I think he says, law and order only works because of order and law or some shit like that. He's just misquoting People, he says, Jefferson said that, and then moves on. But he says that numerous times, not that specific quote, but other quotes that are just not it. And then and we're going to get to one here in the uh, boardroom scene with all the gangsters. Uh, that if uh, if it's worth it, you got to work it. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Gandhi <laughs> said that. 
No, he fucking didn't. That was Missy Elliott, you fuck. Um, but yeah, Big Boy has called all the uh, heads of the families from all over uh, the Dick Tracy city, whatever the fuck the city, the uh, faux Chicago city. And they're all sitting in this boardroom and they all have fucking menacing faces, except for the one woman that's the head of a family. She just has like a, a veil over her face or whatever the fuck. Um, and so uh, she's called the widow because the veil over her face. Uh, what is the James Conn's character's actual name? Oh, uh, his name is Spud Spaldoni. Um, and he's at the other end of the table. And uh, Big Boy's trying to tell him, like, look, Lips is gone. He gave me everything, all his men and everything. We need all of us to unite under my leadership because it's all about me. I know what I'm doing. I've got everything under control. And we won't be... Uh it won't be a crime thing anymore. We'll be a company. Like a boardroom. I'll, I'll be the CEO. And yeah, we hear uh, Spaldoni is like, why you? I think he. this is where we get the first quote. Oh, no. It's before he makes the CA, CEO head of the board type bullshit. He says, um, we need to be for the people. And then he goes on to say, and if you ain't for the people, you can't buy the people. And then he says, Lincoln said that. Um, no, he didn't. <laughs> Um, and then then Spadoli or Spaldoni is like, why you? And then we just see in another because I'm I'm the one with the plan. The yeah. plan is mine. Yeah, it's pretty much that. It's Al Pacino acting his or chewing the fucking scenery. I was gonna say acting his ass off. No, he's chewing the fucking scenery because he goes ballistic. He's like, why me? Because there's only one Washington, one Napoleon, one me. That's why, and only I could do it. And then he's like, if we're not all together. And none of it'll work. It's got to be all of us or none of us. And then Spaldoni gets up, takes his hat and his coat. And he's like, all right, I'm out. And it, it looks like there's going to be a shootout in the boardroom. And Big Boy's like, no, 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 no. Maybe we'll have a change of heart. Just let him go. Just let him go. Um, and we at this during this whole boardroom conference, we should also mention that uh, Dick gets it into his head that maybe he should go and try to spy on Big Boy and Club Ritz. Or no, he follows Breathless Mahoney from the police station yeah, to the club. To that's the club. The, that's the connecting tissue. But yeah, he follows her there. He gets up onto like the second floor ledge and is like watching this boardroom ha- boardroom meeting happen. Calls Mike and Pete, I think, and they're watching him ha- climb this second story like ledge. So, I can't remember how he gets up there. I think he climbs the pole. I know he slimes down the light pole, but I can't remember how he gets up there. I don't think it shows how he gets Probably up there. Probably not. But yeah, he's up there he's on the second there. floor ledge watching this boardroom uh, meeting happen. He sees Flattop coming by the window. He ducks out of the way. And whenever that happens, whenever Flattop looks out the window, he's seeing Speldoni get into his car. We see the cart <laughs> start up, and then it just fucking explodes. And we see Mike and Pete just scream, Great Scott, as the explosion happens. And right away, everyone in the boardroom gets what just happened. If you disagree with Big Boy, you're going to fucking die in some manner. So they all agree with Big Boy. Big Boy is the head of that fucking everything. And they all report to Big Boy. This is where we get Dick jumping off the ledge yeah. onto the light post, which is whoever the stunt actor is, like, cracks his face on the... On the pole. On the pole. Like, it's rough. And then he just continues to slide down. But, yeah, he cracks his face on the pole whenever he comes down. Anyway. Uh, this is where he tells Mike and Pete that he needs... Or to they, bug. They need to go to the DA and... Uh, and arrest Big Boy. No. Because he's trying something big. And then 
the DA is like, no, we can't do that. He's like, man, screw this DA. Yep. They somehow get a a bug or get get the to- warrant and approval for yeah, like bugging big boys now club brits another one of the absurd things so the person that's manning the bug you know what his name is did you catch it ryan ears no bug bailey he doesn't look like a bug but (laughs) no he's got gigantic ears yeah i know uh but yeah so big boy they're in the middle of a like night uh partying and whatnot we see prune face next to big boy and he's really enjoying everything he's got going prune face is and Pruneface says to Big Boy, he's like, oh, you got the best girls in the town, Big Boy. This is amazing. As they're putting on a song and dance. Um, I think it's it's a Stephen Sondheim song. I just can't remember which one it is. I think it's the I'm going to get my man or whatever the fuck mm. thing it is. Because uh, immediately following is another montage of everything that happens. But we see all the cop cars approach the Club Ritz. And they're all gambling and shit. That's one thing you can't do in this town, apparently, is gamble without a license or gamble at all i don't know um but they're all gambling enjoying themselves we see the outdoor valet hit a button as the cops car uh, as the cop cars come up with dick tracy uh they hear the alarm inside the club and immediately we just see everything being flipped around and turned over we see someone selling a bunch of poker chips they flip it over it's just a thing of uh cigarettes we see i think it's a craps table it gets flipped over into what is the table i know the table flips over into something else that isn't gambling. I can't remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't remember what the... Uh, we see a nearby couple playing like blackjack or something, and the, the whole thing spins around to them at like a couple's table enjoying drinks. Uh, big Or not Big Boy, but Dick Tracy walks in with a warrant. He's like, Big Boy, Caprice, I've got a warrant to search your place for illegal gambling. And Big Boy uh, looks at the warrant. Like, well, this, is a, this is a private party. Yeah, you have no right to be here, and... Uh, Dick Tracy's like, wow, we got word there was gambling going on in here. And we just see Pruneface pop up. And he's like, I wouldn't be caught in a place that gambles. It's like, look at you. Yes, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> um, one of the cops comes up. And he's like, Tracy, we couldn't find anything. And in the same instance of all this going on, we see a guy sneak into the uh, back of the club Ritz. Gets into the big conference room. We see a bug... Uh, at like a floor above the conference room, just basically like hand drill a hole into the floor that he's in the room that he's at and into the ceiling, uh, into the conference room. We see whoever he drops a big fuck off microphone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it just like rests there right on the light fixture itself. Cut to, uh, yeah, Dick Tracy being told that there's no gambling going on. They can't find evidence of anything. Uh, Dick walks out. We hear big boys like, why didn't he look around? He just stared at me. That doesn't make any sense. Why didn't he look around? Um, we exit, and uh, the person that put the bug there, I think it was like Mike, Mike or Pete, uh, who was helping Bug put the bug in Caprice's conference In the buggy room. place. Uh, the fucking names on all these characters. Um, <clears throat> gets into the car, and Dick is like, look, I don't know why Big Boy wouldn't catch on that I didn't already know about a flip table or some shit. Just indicating that they know about it's, their techniques. Like, and the monster's like, oh, the cops are dumb. They didn't even think to check flipping over tables. Right. And then they get in the car, and he's like, did it work? And he's like, yeah, we planted it. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like flip table would have fucking uh, worked on me. Worked on me. Some shit like that. Uh, and then we get a montage scene. Uh, we see Big Boy saying where they need to go pick up money. 
or or hose down this person or shake down this person or this business and it's just montages of dick tracy stopping them from uh, preventing that from happening uh in this montage montage we see uh big boy first getting uh his first round of payments just a mountain of cash and as the montage continues we just see the mountain getting or the mountain of cash getting smaller and smaller to the point where just a single like bill flutters out of the bag and big boy loses his shit because dick tracy's been there to thwart any of their business ventures or any business being shaked down by the mob of any uh, kind. Uh, we also in the montage scene we get just more absurdness because uh, we get Dick Tracy uh, just being accosted by a bunch of men in different suits, and he just swings at all the guys in the front, and everybody apparently has was punched in the, in, the, in this instant. Because all of them go down. It's like one of those iconic, like you see the brick wall behind Dick Tracy and he's being backed up against the wall and he just swings big at all the guys in front of him, knocking them all out. Uh, At one point we see Dick Tracy just uppercut a guy who then flips into the air away from Tracy. We see a fight happening of like two silhouettes. We see one of them being punched. He crashes through a window. The other one is standing there. It's Dick Tracy finding some mob uh, mobster of some sort. We then cut to in the boardroom, Pruneface and uh, Big Boy. And Big Boy is just screaming his full head off. He's like, why, 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 why? Tracy, he's always there. What the hell is Tracy doing here? What the fuck is he? Oh, he's like, he's in my head. I don't know how he's doing this, but he's in my head. We cut to uh, Bug, Bug Face. Uh, Bug <laughs> Bailey. Um, he's uh, just listening. Who was obviously at some point a villain. Because he's the only other not normal looking person. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, so he got like really huge ears. He's a reformed villain. Right. Um, or the villains didn't think that he was uh, good enough to join their misshapen club. Right. And so he's like, screw you guys. I'm going to go work for the good guys then. Right. Uh, and he's listening to the conversation of Big Boy and Prune Face uh, just getting pissed off at this, all this shit. We see around Bug, uh, like remnants of a lunch with some coffee next to him. Uh, I'm only mentioning this because a cockroach comes up next to Bug. Bug freaks out a bit and knocks over his drink. Why you wouldn't automatically try to stop the spillage from happening too much? But he doesn't. He just lets it go. It like All the liquid from the cup just pulls into the holes that they drew, drilled for the conference room. It comes down and we see like just a small like somewhat steady stream of like coffee dripping onto like the newspaper big boy and prune face both see this and like holy shit what the hell is happening big boy gets up to where the light pictures are (laughs) and he starts freaking out in like a very whispery way he's like (laughs) and he's just losing his fucking mind he, he like he keeps like Peeking up <laughs> like it's gonna notice him, like, yeah, like it's gonna see him because he keeps just like, like, uh, uh, uh. it's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, but it's one of those like, if you've got a pan on the stove and you don't think to check the dials to see if the pan is hot, and you're just like, I'm just gonna touch the inside of the pan to see if it's hot, <laughs> where you're like. I don't want to touch it too long because if it's hot, it'll burn me. It'll burn me. So you just like, (laughs) right. 
And Bug, we cut to later on, and uh, uh, Pruneface, I was going to say Bugface again, uh, Pruneface and uh, Big Boy decide to stage a um, fake, I guess, meeting with some people to gather some money. Bug hears this uh, conversation happening to meet him at the docks for such and such payout. Uh, and then he radios over to Tracy tra- and tells Tracy, like, look, Tracy, you need to get over to the docks. Something's happening over there. Uh, we need to figure out what. Tracy is with Tess, I believe. Yeah. I think so. Oh, we also missed the scene. Yeah, I was the- just about to say, we just missed the scene with Tess. With uh, Yeah, Dick is like looking over paperwork and everything. He hears a knock on the door and it's Breathless Mahoney walking into his apartment and he's still trying to convince breathless like hey we need to you need to flip on big boy we need to figure this out um and tess and the kid are off getting groceries of some sort along with ice cream and breathless is like look you need to tell me how much you want me and maybe i'll help you and as they're having this conversation it ends with breathless kissing dick tracy he doesn't push her away right away but as they kiss we see tess see them see them kiss before he pulls away completely I don't know why I fucking forgot the scene because the look on the kid's face whenever they walk into the apartment because he has this like he's he sees Breathless Mahoney and she's got like a very low cut top where it's one step away from seeing her actual nipples. That's how low it is. And he's just got this like mommy. Sorry. Mommy. Sorry. Mommy. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, mommy. I mean, no, I mean, huge fucking sweater milkers. Uh, and, uh, Dick tells, uh, Tess, like, this is Breathless Mahoney, and Tess, like, yes, I know who she is. She leaves the apartment, says cute kid to the kid, as she pinches, pinches his cheek as she walks away. But then Tess goes into the kitchen and just collapses into a nearby chair, putting the groceries on a table, and just cries. Clearly, because of what just happened, that she wasn't supposed to see Breathless Mahoney and Dick Tracy kiss. That's why we're mentioning the scene, because uh, we cut to Dick in the diner again with Tess, and Tess is just staring at Dick as he's just eating chili. Tess tells him, like, look, Dick, I'm leaving town. Um, long and short of it, I'm leaving you. She doesn't say why, but she's just, she's had enough, and she's just leaving to go live with her mother for a little bit. And Dick is like, no, you can't. We have a good thing going on. Just stay with me. I'll, I'll take care of you and everything. And Tess is like... Look, I thought we could do this with you being on the streets. I just can't do this. In the middle of this conversation, this is where Bug cuts in on the watch radio and says, Tracy, we need you at the docks. There's something going down. And Bug is like, look, we need you now. We need you now. We need you now. And Dick is not able to finish the conversation with uh, Tess Trueheart. And she's like, look, they need you. You go. I'll call you in a few days. Dick uh, runs off. I think he ju- we just get him at the dock immediately. I don't think there's any like little scene in between. The beginning of the scene starts with Pruneface and another man, I think, influence with Pruneface as we see Bug uh, bound and gagged in the uh, similar crate that Lips Manless was in with the uh, concrete above him. Or I think the concrete's pouring over him at this point. No, it doesn't start... Oh, when they think they hear Tracy, then they flip the switch and get the concrete pouring all over Bug. But yeah, so Pruneface and Influence hear Dick Tracy enter the dock. They turn on the machine. Uh, They think they found Tracy. They start unloading their weapons, and it's just Tracy's hat and, uh, like, trench coat. Because he wears a bright yellow 
hat and trench coat yes. everywhere. Yeah, and as they're trying to look for Tracy, Tracy has now snuck around and tried to un just get Bug out. He opens up the crate, all the concrete that was in there pours out, and for some reason... For, what, for whatever reason, he lets Bug go and then stands in his place. Yeah, and get covered in concrete. Yep. And then fucking up his gun. He could have easily taken out Pruneface and Influence if he just ta- if he just stayed out of the concrete. They weren't. It <laughs> this is no really sense. gonna surprise him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be covered in concrete, but it's not bug, so I'm gonna get him. Dick is basically gonna be killed by Pruneface and Influence. Out comes a figure with a gun, and just starts firing at him. And as we don't see the figure's face, so yeah, the blank which is just a character with no face whatsoever, just a couple of nostril holes and no face. There's no eyes, no mouth, no nothing. Uh, Fires a few rounds at Prune Face and Influence. They bug out. Uh, Tracy sees this character, sees it with no face. (laughs) What? (laughs) The amount of faces in this movie just makes me think of the Batman sketch, the Pete Holmes sketch, where he's talking to (laughs) Two-Face. And... Have you not seen that? I've seen several of them. I have no idea what you were referring to. Where he's talking to Two-Face. And he's like, oh my god, Two-Face! And then it's it's the scene where like Two-Face is making him, or making Gordon choose which one of his family members dies. And as like Two-Face turns and he sees Harvey's face, he's like, oh, thank god, Harvey! <laughs> Two faces here. <laughs> yes. so, wait, do do you not understand? Like, if I if I turn this way, who do you see? Harvey face. If I turn this way, who do you see? Scary face. <laughs> okay, now put them together. What do you see? Two face. What have you done with Harvey face and scary face? <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot where I was. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, no face was talking to blank. The, they call him the blank in the entire series. Uh, but yeah, the blank just fucks off, uh, saving Tracy. We then cut to um, eighty-eight keys. The, the cops talking to Tracy. He's like, no, literally, this person had no face. He's like, well, you had fucking concrete in your eyes. Like, how are we supposed to believe like, you? You like, you does didn't have a face. Everybody has a face. I mean. Fucking Tiny Face had a face. Granted, it was tiny. That's why his name was Tiny Face. Little Face. But he still had a face. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we cut to, I think, 88 Keys is being called by the blank and telling him to meet at the city car garage, which is just the trolley cars where all of them are being stored and shit. And uh, in the middle of the warehouse is a table with a letter and uh, some sort of like doctor's briefcase that has that shape. That mm-hmm. it's not exactly a businessman's briefcase, but it's also not a doctor's briefcase. It's just a briefcase of some sort with money in it. And the blank tells 88 Keys, um, you work for a big boy. Tell big boy I can take care of Dick Tracy uh, if you pay me like 10 grand or some shit like that 10 percent of 10 percent of all their, their business. business yeah that's it and uh make sure you tell them that and then uh, 88 keys is like well, who should i tell him i talk to and then 88 or not 88 keys but the blank steps into the light got no face and tells 88 keys tell him you didn't talk to anyone uh, and then 88 keys fucks off i think we then cut to inside big boy's boardroom and uh he's freaking out because the uh 
the sting that they set up to get rid of Dick Tracy didn't work. I thought this is where Eddie Keys is reading the letter to him. Oh, yeah. It's happening in the same scene, I think. Oh, okay. And then uh, as time progresses, he reads the letter to uh, big boy Caprice, and it's basically what he already told 88 Keys, that I could take care of Dick Tracy for a portion of your profits. And big boy is just staring at him like, what the fuck do you know? You're a piano player. Get the fuck out of here. You've never met this person. I ain't doing this shit. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, 88 Keys starts running away, and as he does, uh, Breathless Mahoney is like, what was that all about? And 88 Keys is like, yeah, my taxes. And right before he can even finish the sentence, we just hear Al Pacino just say, get out! <laughs> and he just scurries the fuck out right away. Uh, we hear Flat Top say, you want me to follow him? And uh, Big Boy's like, where? To the piano? Uh, he tells Breathless Mahoney to come here. She, he pulls her onto his lap, slaps her a few times. He's like, you don't worry about my business or some shit like that. Uh, we then cut to... I want to say it's Big Boy screaming at the DA. Yeah. As he's walking through the, like, some sort of, like, cemetery. Um, we just see him with Flat Top and Itchy behind him just, like, stomping towards the camera. We're not sure who. He gets to his basically, like, vitriolic, like, fuck you speech. You uh, work for me! I'll tell you when it's over. It's over when I say it's fucking over type bullshit. And then we cut to Big Boy and them cut, getting into the car and turns around and it's Dick Van Dyke as the DA. Uh, he's in the pocket of Big Boy. We missed... I think those scenes happened a little bit earlier because the uh, after the bug scene and stuff um, is when they put Tracy in Tess's basement. Flat top and itchy. You're talking about whenever the thing goes off, the explosion? Yeah. I think that's the scene that's coming up, is they're trying to buy off Tracy. And if he doesn't take the bribe, then they're just going to kill him. But I thought Tess was still around when that No, happened. I don't think so, because I thought that... Because uh, the, how they get Dick Tracy... Oh, you, you, you're right, you're right. Because Dick Tracy's in his apartment yeah, you're right, you're with right. the kid. He's telling the kid to brush his teeth. He's, the kid tells him, you know, Tracy, for being a tough cop, you do a lot of pansy things. He's brushing his teeth, <laughs> which is absurd. It's toothpaste and a toothbrush. Brush your fucking well, teeth. It's, it's not toothpaste. It's tooth powder. It's tooth powder. That's right. Yeah. Um, very authentic, I guess. Which I don't think anybody would have griped if you just had the, just the regular paste stuff. But whatever. Warren Beatty, he's a great actor, great director, whatever. So as he's in his apartment, just trying to tell the kid to hurry the fuck up, we then hear a woman's voice. We hear a knock on the door. Dick says yes. And we hear a woman-like voice saying, hey, I'm such and such from the orphanage. We need to get the kid um, to with people his own age group. And we hear the kid hear that, or we see the kid hear this. And he's like, oh, shit, no, 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 no. I want to stay here. He doesn't say as much, but he has this look on his face. And Dick is just trying to gather his thoughts like, oh, shit, this happened really fucking quickly. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And he's like, hold on one moment. I'll be there in a second. A single man can't take care of Yeah, we just hear child. the woman rambling on that a single man can't take care of a child. As Dick finishes getting ready, he then opens the door and there's Itchy and Flat Top with guns in his face. It's like, we ain't here for the kid. Uh, they grab Dick. We see the kid grab Dick's wallet, barrel out of the uh, apartment with the, Dick's wallet, which happens to have Dick's badge in it as well. Cut to outside. Dick Tracy's being ushered into a car with Flattop and Itchy 
as the kid just rummages through Dick Tracy's wallet, takes out the money, and is about to throw out the wallet itself, but then remembers the badge is there, and is like, nah, I probably shouldn't, pockets the badge, and then basically hops back, hops onto the back of Flat Top and Itchy's car, basically well, he, riding it to wherever they're going. He, yeah, he goes out the side and he's going to steal all this like cash and run away, and then Dick Tracy gets let out by the two henchmen. And he's like, oh shit, it wasn't Someone a woman trying to finish. steal me. They're, they're trying to kill Tracy. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta help him. Yeah. Um, we then cut to Dick Tracy being ushered into a basement with like the gaudiest fucking, uh, gas heater of some sort, I guess. Um, it's just a boiler. Yeah. Boiler. It's just comedically large. I mean, even the ones at the chemical plant that I work at aren't even ridiculous as this one is. Yeah. They are pretty massive, but this one looks ridiculous with just all the levers and switches and shit. I'm like, this looks absurd. <laughs> but whatever. Um, so they sit Tracy down at a table. Big Boy's there with Itchy and Flattop. And Big Boy's trying to tell him, like, look. And he pulls out a bunch of money, starts laying it out in front of Dick Tracy. And he's like, look, I want you on the take. I want you to be part of my team. I don't want to have to kill you. Just... You know, if you take the money, we can run this city. Yeah, like you and I can work something out. Big boy uh, throws it all on the table. It's like ten grand a month. It's all yours. And Tracy starts uh, putting it all back picking together, picking it up and like compiling it. And the kid is looking watching the, the entire window. time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, Tracy's gonna go dirty. Mm. And and then Tracy uh, picks up all the money and like looks at it like it's a fucking cheeseburger with both hands. And then he just like and <laughs> throws it in. Yeah, he says, like, uh, you know what? On top of everything else, I'm going to nab you for. I'm also going to nab you for bribing. Trying to bribe a police so, officer. Yeah, something like throws that. Throws the money at him. him. And he's like, you idiot. Uh, this is what Big Boy says. He's like, you idiot. You could have had it all, and you pissed it all away or something like that. Now um, you got to die. Now you got to die. They tie him up in the chair, and we see Itchy just starting to ramp up a bu- bunch of things, like just building up the pressure. Just pulling on the, the levers. In this boiler of some sort. And we just see it starting to build up and build up and build up and build up. But the way I understand it, with boilers, maybe it's just nowadays, don't they have some sort of, like, release? Yeah. Like, if shit like that does build up and build up, isn't there, like, some sort of, like, release where all that pressure gets uh, expelled from in case the pressure builds up that much? Yeah. To where it just doesn't explode like a, like a bomb? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe not 1920s, 1930s well, they, boilers. They, I don't know. They disabled it, so it doesn't work. I guess. But we see all this stuck, pressure starting to boil. stuck some J.B. Weld in it. <laughs> right. We see all this pressure starting to build up and everything. And uh, Big they, Boy and they all had, them leave. They had help with, uh, from Boilerface that taught them how the boilers <laughs> work. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, he's... Uh, Dick Tracy's trying to get out of the now ropes that he's been tied up in. Uh, we see uh, comically large, like ship ropes. Yeah, they are thick. The kid gets into the uh, basement of this apartment. We don't know whose apartment, he but breaks. No, we do. It's Tessa's apartment. Is it? Yeah. I didn't think it was. Uh, but yeah, he breaks in, helps Dick Tracy come get out uh, right at the last second. We just see the boiler just getting more and more crazy and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And then at the last second, as they're coming out of the apartment completely, uh, it explodes no. right behind them. They jump, 
and land on the ground, and there's like a two second beat, and is there? then it explodes. Is there? Oh, yeah. I thought so it was like at the same oh, time. You guys jumped too early. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the boiler explodes, apparently taking out the apartment complex, obviously without Tess in it and everything. Dick Tracy says, Thanks, kid. The kid says, Oh, Dick, that was a lot of money. We then cut to them congratulating the kid for exemplary detective work or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, giving him a honorary detective. Honorary detective degree or something and but at this point uh tess is back is she maybe we're Whenever, confusing when the the boiler house scene happens that i think that happens before everything else yeah i think i think that's when it happens either way in this boiler house or in this uh this scene with the kid they're like telling the kid we have it labeled your honorary detective degree or whatever the fuck certificate it's labeled as a kid but once you figure out what name you want to go by we'll replace it with the actual name and everything um he tells dick tracy i've got a or the kid tells dick tracy i've got a surprise for you in your top drawer and it's just dick tracy's uh, detective badge that they took earlier i think the next scene is just um the da being blackmailed because yeah that boiler house stuff does take place i think the next scene we're talking about is the da i think there's a little scene with tess and her mom where it's like, oh, that, oh yeah, yeah. that Tracy would take a certain type of woman to uh, to love him. Yeah, a certain a woman with a lot of understanding or something like that. And Tess like, wait, what did you say? It takes a certain type of woman to be understanding for a man like Dick Tracy. And this apparently knocks Tess out of her funk. And she's like, mom, I got to go. We then cut to, I think it's the blank in Dick Tracy's apartment. And rummaging through his things. No. Trying to get a signature. Because they go to a forger, 88 Keys goes to a forger to try to forge a ransom, or not a ransom, but a blackmail letter for the DA. For the DA. Uh, they convince the forger to do it, and it has, it's in Dick Tracy's handwriting, and it pretty much says, bring me $10,000, I've got uh, information on you saying that you're in Big Boy's pocket or I've something. I've got evidence like that. that'll take you down. Yeah. Um, we see Dick, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, the DA, I can't remember the DA's last name, but just the DA of this city. Um, DA Dartmouth. <clears throat> right. Uh, he reacts to it in, I believe the next scene is just them in the hotel room. Uh, we see... No, we see... We see... Tracy oh, no, gets a right. note at the gas... Or at the, at the, 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 the police station. Police station. That's right. That Tess wants to see him at the greenhouse. That's right. So he goes to the greenhouse. And Tess has already arrived at the greenhouse. Because she tells her mother, bye. We think she's going to go talk to Tracy right away. But she immediately goes to the greenhouse for whatever reason. She gets nabbed by the blank. And then Dick Tracy Shows comes up, up to the greenhouse. And he's looking for Tess. He's hollering for her. And we see like tubes into the building, like pumping some sort of gas. And we hear the blank's voice. And it's just like this type voice as he talks. Like, Dick Tracy, you will never die from this gas, but you the will. The gas won't kill you. Yeah, essentially. Like wish that. it did. Uh, Dick falls down to the ground, uh, passing out from the gas. And then we cut to. A yellow figure, or a person in a yellow cap and yellow trench barreling through a hotel. Um, the hotel owner's like, ah, shut the door, why don't you? Uh, runs into the room that Dick Van Dyke's character's in, and he's like, Tracy, you're late. Only it's not Tracy, it's the blank dressed up as Tracy. Um, he shoots and kills um, Dick Van Dyke, the DA. Uh, in walks 88 Keys with Dick, 
uh, Dick Van Dyke, with Dick Tracy in his hands, these fucking names, with Dick Tracy in his hands, they put the coat and hat back on Dick Tracy with a gun in his hand in a nearby chair with the body of the the DA. Then we hear 88 Keys yell out some conversation that Dick Tracy and the DA would have. Yeah. So that way there are witnesses. Blank blank is like, okay, go ahead. And it's basically like, no, screw you, Tracy. You can't blackmail the DA of this city. Like, what do you think you're doing? What? You think you're going to shoot me? You're going, Dick Tracy is going to shoot the DA? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Is that what's happening right now? (laughs) Dick Tracy is going to shoot the DA. (laughs) And then bang, bang, two gunshots. Yep. They've, uh, they wake up Tracy with ammonia. He's uh, groggily wakes up. We hear the, or no, we see the hotel owner use one of those, like, (laughs) I can't remember the name of them, but it's one of those, like, plug in call things, like, calling board or yeah like a switchboard switchboard that's it that's it switchboard where he just plugs in a few headphones and a few jacks tells the police to get over here soon he walks up to the into the apartment as tracy wakes up with a gun in hand wondering where the fuck he is uh i think we just get news articles at this point saying dick tracy murdered the da or some shit like that well dick tracy points at the uh excuse me like points the gun that's in his hand at the door as it opens mm-hmm. and it's the like innkeeper and he's like oh and then the cops show up right behind him yeah and they're like oh tracy like you're under arrest come with us because there's you with a gun in hand dead next DA. to a dead body yep. um and yeah so tracy has been arrested uh for the murder of the da dick van dyke's character um who is Side note, who is like 96 years old. He turned 96 the other day. I'm like, and he looks spry as fuck. So whenever uh, Dick Tracy goes to the greenhouse and leaves the police station, as he leaves the police station, we see the operator of the orphanage uh, come into the police station asking about the boy. The boy is now taken to the orphanage. Whenever Tracy is arrested, we cut to, um, after we see the news articles of Tra- Dick Tracy arrested for the murder of D.A. whatever Disgrace. D- Dick Tracy disgraced. Right. And we hear uh, uh, another Soundheim song here. Oh, yeah. Back in business. Back in business. Uh, and it's just, uh, like the other montage scenes, it's just quick shots of everything happening. Of them getting all their money back from all the fronts and all, all the businesses. The, all the mob activity. Activities ramping back up because Dick Tracy Dick Tracy's out of the picture, yep. So Tess is kidnapped at this point. Yes. Yeah. So no one's heard from Tess. My only issue is, is while at the end of this montage, they decide to take the kid out of the orphanage. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense because the kid is immediately taken to Dick Tracy and the whole, the city hall, uh, jail or whatever the fuck. Oh, because Tracy is getting uh, transferred. The kid, Is that's why the kid asks for permission to, to go him? and see him. I guess, and so they let they let him go and see Dick Tracy before he's transferred to, to county lockup yeah, or whatever. The fuck. To whatever, and they're telling. I think uh, the chief of police is telling Dick that no one's heard from Tess. No one's asked for a ransom for Tess. No one knows what's going on when it comes to Tess Truart. And Dick is just there in the He's cell. Like, no, she left me a note that said that she was back in town. Like, somebody, you need to find her. Yep. Somebody has type her. Type thing. And then he's like, well, anyway, you got a visitor, and it's the kid. Yep. Uh, and it, then he specifically remembers to mention that 
you're going to be transferred to the county lockup here in a bit. So say your goodbyes to the kid. He specifically says that because of what happens here in a bit. Um, the kid comes in. He's like, sup? And Dick Tracy's like, sup? And... <laughs> Sup, dog. <laughs> All right. Not much. What's up with you? <laughs> All right. Man, I'm just chilling, you know, like living my best life, trying to do shit. Right. Like, I got a lot of projects going on right now. <laughs> no, none of none of that happens, Greg. <laughs> but it is. The kid doesn't walk in and say, sup. <laughs> I think the kid does. Dick Tracy doesn't say, sup. He says, hey, I believe. But I think the kid does say, sup. I believe I'm not 100%. I don't think so because none of the other because they have a small little conversation about the food in the orphanage, yeah, and then they move on to what the, the scene is really about. Um, but yeah, they have a conversation about the food in the orphanage. The kid says it's all right, which clearly that's a lie. We just seen him nearly he's throw like, it. The he's fuck like, up. Yeah, no, it's all right. How about the food in here? And Tracy's like, Oh, it's not the greatest, but it's not terrible, right? The conversation turns into uh, where the kid's like, Oh, I got my official uh certificate and dick tracy's like uh what are you talking about you haven't picked a name so did you pick a name and then the kid pulls out a name and he unrolls it and it's dick tracy jr and we see this is why uh warren Beatty's such a good actor because he doesn't overly act it in this scene but he does have this like look on his face like that kicked me right in the dick yeah um look on about him because like, uh, oh it, man i'm choked up but it I means a lot a, to him yeah i gotta be a macho yeah yeah the machismo guy. bullshit uh he says it, the kid asked him if that's all right if you went with dick tracy jr and dick is like yeah that's perfectly fine uh we then cut to dick tracy being ushered into the car that's going to take him up to county lockup he gets into the car and immediately Mike and Pete are there. And they're like, hey, Tracy, what's up? Uh, how about we take down Big Boy Caprice for you? And it's uh, New Year's Eve. We should also mention that. It's, yeah. During this whole process, it takes place during like the holidays and shit. And now it is New Year's Eve. And Mike and Pete turn around. I was like, we were thinking that taking you to the county lockup would take about eight hours. Yeah, roughly about eight hours. And Dick Tracy's like, yeah, that should be enough time to fucking get me my, to clear my name and everything. They hand him back his watch radio and they mention uh, Mumble's apartment, but then they also say, hey, radio over to the boys at the station. Uh, I I need something for them to grab um, from the station. Um, We then cut to Mumble's in his apartment and in bursts fucking Dick Tracy. It's like, hey, Mumble's, I need something from you. I need you to flip on Big Boy. And Mumble's like, I ain't doing shit. Nobody's says it in his very mumbly way and then he says all right you won't dick tracy says all right you won't help me how about this doesn't this look familiar he opens they bring up the, top in the hat. polar bear he opens up the top hey, half. mumbles you want some water and he yes. rips off its head and there's a listening device in yep, it. yep uh with like a reel-to-reel recording of some sort um we see tracy turn it on and it's just uh mumbles saying bye bye uh and then tracy slows it down and you hear it a little bit, then he slows it down even more, and it's just, it's Mumble saying Big Boy it's did it. It's getting more and more clear that he's saying Big Boy did it. Yeah. He's like, do you want me to take this and show it to Big Boy? Like, tell me what you know about where Tess is or yeah. about and he doesn't, something. And he doesn't say it right away. He just starts, like, wailing and mumbly and like, ah, blah, 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 and doesn't, and Trace is like, all right, fine, let's go see Big Boy. And then we hear Mumble say, wait. Club Ritz. He's keeping... Uh, no, 88 Keys. The guy, 88 Keys, is in contact with somebody. He should know where Tess is being held up. And he says it very clear. No right. issue whatsoever. Meaning you know he just does it 
So people yeah. will just pass him by, right. not even notice him, type shit. Um, we then cut to, I think it's uh, in Club Ritz, and they're all celebrating and having a good time for the new year about to approach. Uh, we see the blank outside the Club Ritz starting or make a call and makes it to the, I guess the Club Ritz. Says that hey, why don't you look upstairs in your attic or some shit like that? There's also a scene with the blank and Tess where like Tess is like, you know, let me go. And she's like, Oh, it's almost over. Like Yeah, something along those You lines. just need to wait a little bit longer. And it's in the same room that Bug was at whenever they bugged Big Boy's right. boardroom. Um, so that's where Tess is being kept. And she the blank makes a call to somebody at Club Ritz and somebody tells Flat Top about it. Flat Top tells Big Boy about it and says, Hey, you need to come up here. And check this out. And Big Boy follows him up. And there's Tess in the uh, one like big open room with nothing else in it. It's got a steel door to close it off for anybody. But there's nothing in it. Right. Like, there's no reason for the steel door with the to dial lock or anything. There's nothing in it. Um, and at the same instance, we see Dick Tracy and all the policemen from the station just barrel up the club rits and just storm right in. No, Dick Tracy's sitting there, and he's like, "We need to go to the roof." Oh, and right. Pete and Mike are like, "Why?" And he's like, "I don't know." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because they make that weird connection. Yeah, because uh, the roof is at the top of the building, and we can look down to see something. What I don't know, but I'm sure there's something up there. <laughs> Why do we need to go up there? Plot reasons, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, they go up and they're looking into this room and they see Tess tied up to a chair. And at the same instance, we see Big Boy and Flat Top come into the room and see that Tess is tied up into the chair as well. And Big Boy is like, oh shit, somebody's trying to frame me for the capture or the kidnapping of Tess. This wasn't me. This wasn't me. He starts untying her. He tells Tess like, I didn't kidnap you. Someone else did. That wasn't me. I don't know what the hell's going on. And in the same instance, Flat Top looks up and sees Dick Tracy looking through the skylight. He unloads a few rounds. Big Boy sees that Dick Tracy is automatically going to assume that Big Boy was the one that kidnapped Tess. They come out of the room. We see Flat Top and uh, Big Boy lock the door behind them as Dick Tracy jumps into the room to try to get to them as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Now Dick Tracy is stuck in this room. Doesn't know where the fuck to go. There's no way to climb out of it. There's no... For some reason, he gets a table. There's nothing in the room but the chair. But then... But then there's a table that he starts dismantling. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the table came from. And I don't know what he uses as a fulcrum for the teeter-totter. I think it's a, think it's a barrel. F- from where? I don't know. The same place the table, <laughs> table came o- from, I guess. Off-screen... <laughs> Tables and barrels. <laughs> Off-screen plot reasons. <laughs> Off-screen crate and barrel. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, we see Mike uh, still at the edge of the skylight looking down at Tracy. And Tracy's like asking Mike, how much do you weigh? And Mike's like, 190. And he's like, yeah, right. How much do you weigh? He's like, all right, 260 or some shit like that. And we see uh, Dick trying to make some sort of like calculations in his like notepad. He's like, all, all right. right, this should work. He, he tells Mike I need to, to jump. know. I need to know precisely so that I can leave you here in this room. <laughs> so that I can uh, correctly get the the fulcrum in the right place. Stuff. 
And Mike's like, I don't understand what that means, but okay, like 260. Okay, quick math, quick math, quick math. Catapult. Okay, here, <laughs> jump. <laughs> yes. Um, and Tracy's on the one end as Mike jumps on the other end, launching Tracy up into the air, leaving Mike in the room. Yep. So this entire time, while all this is going down, while the end of the movie, end of the movie is happening, Mike is still in that fucking room, trapped. Don't know if he gets free or not. But Tracy gets out, starts chasing after where he thinks Big Boy would go. He starts like shimmying down the building, uh, trying to get back into the club. Right when he gets down on the floor, we see Pete with his gun. He's like, give me that Tommy gun, Pete. Uh, and as he takes the Tommy gun, we see Big Boy and all of them get into all their cars with Tess um, in tow. Like, Big Boy is like, ushering her around and stuff. And we see like two cars come barreling out of the garage where their cars are, and we just see this firefight with, like, it's a classic, like, firefight with the old, old, <laughs> with the old cars and the Tommy guns and well, yeah, it's, just uh, the gangsters looking. We all need to escape. There's a lot of cops here and stuff. Uh, everybody wait for my signal, and then we'll all go yes. at once. Uh, he tells, he basically makes the signal, two car, two or three cars come barreling out, firing their own guns at the police and everything. We just see Dick Tracy with his Tommy gun, just unloading left and right. We see several of the cars just get taken out completely. We see Itchy in the back of one car, just knock out the back window, start firing at Dick Tracy. Tracy fires at Itchy, taking Itchy out completely, killing him. Another car like runs into like a fire hydrant. We see all this water come shooting out. Uh, as the car gets shot up by the police and out comes flat top, just starting to try to fire at anybody. Dick Tracy takes him out as well. He goes collapsing to the ground dead. Uh, big boy is like, Nope, this ain't happening. Takes Tess and him out of the, this, this isn't going to work. Takes Tess and him out of the car. And then he starts snaking through the club, uh, to the wine cellar. And we as sh- all of the other, uh, mobsters continue to try to drive out. And yes. Just perish. distract the, the cops at this point. Um, at this point, it's mass chaos because everybody inside the club has now heard all the gunshots and everything, and they're all trying to get out and get away from everything. As Big Boy snakes his way into the wine cellar, he opens like a hideaway door for the wine cellar, gets in, and he, as he's doing all of this, Al Pacino is just running his mouth the entire time. He's uh, Whenever they get into the wine cellar, I just want you to know, I didn't kidnap you. I'm kidnapping you now, but I didn't kidnap you before. No, that's not till they're on the little cart. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Because I was it's like, why did I didn't kidnap you? Well, I mean, I am now, but I didn't then. <laughs> the one right when they're walking through the uh, the wine cellar door, he's he says, "All right, get in here," and then he just yells, "Don't make me put you!" As they get into, it, I was like, "What? Oh, she was getting. What are we doing? Was she not going fast enough? <laughs> like, right. calm down." Uh, but yeah, they get into the wine cellar and it doesn't close completely. And he's like, wow, this is awkward. And he just takes like a, like two by eight of some sort and just wedges it between the wall that is right behind him and the back of the door, just completely closing it off completely. Right. So nobody else can come through. Right. Um, which will come into play here in a bit. So Dick Tracy goes running through the club and, uh, he sees Breathless Mahoney. She's like, he went into the wine cellar with Tess initially dick is not listening to what she says she's like tracy don't you believe what i'm saying they went to the cellar he finally uh believes her i know i know that i love you but you'll never love me like you love her right so i'm trying to give you what you really want i'm trying to give you test back she went uh, 
right. Uh, Tracy gets into the wine cellar, sees the door, sees the hideaway door kind of ajar, tries to use it. It won't open. Here's a train whistle goes, ah, the bridge. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we then cut to, uh, yeah. In the, a this- very awkward scene of Al Pacino laying on top of yeah. Tess, <laughs> like pushing a little cart with a, with a piece of rebar. Just like, woo, woo, <laughs> right? woo. And he's just like yammering on this entire I gotta time. Escape, I gotta escape, gotta escape. Yeah, there's no point. I, I'll never get out of this if I don't keep you alive or some shit like that. He's just constantly just running his mouth, screaming at Tess from time to time, tell, uh, making veiled threats about shooting her in the face or some shit like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I'm going to shoot you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine here. Uh, they get out of the tunnel, off the little... Uh, cart thing that they've been on uh with big boy laying on her awkwardly uh they get out of there and they start running towards the bridge and big boy gets the idea he sees the bridge starting to raise up because a boat's coming over the river um as all these fireworks and stuff start to happen because it's the new year um he sees the bridge going up he's like yeah yeah we can make it if we just run over here and jump over there tracy will never be able to get to us we'll be able to get out of here without uh tracy on our tail anymore so he gets to the uh top of the bridge and the gap is too far for big boy to jump over so he's like nope fuck this uh runs back down the hill into like the i i guess where the mechanism is for the yeah for lifting the bridge uh and he's just tying tess up to one of the gears at this point and he's just running his mouth he's like i don't know what i'm gonna do but i didn't kidnap you this is somebody's trying to frame me this is ridiculous um and then he says one of the other like misquoted lines he says a man without a plan is not a man at all Nietzsche not a thing that Nietzsche said Um, uh, as he's having this conversation with her uh, in walks Dick Tracy because for whatever reason he knew right away where he was going to go well we just realized that he's a He's Math- clairvoyant. <laughs> but he's mathematician. So whenever he looked and saw, he was like, okay, big boy weighs this. And he would never be able to make that jump because the the fulcrum wouldn't be in the right place. Right. I think I'm using fulcrum correctly. <laughs> right. This is Dick Tracy, not Ryan. Because Ryan obviously Ryan knows, knows what a fulcrum is. fulcrum is not that. <laughs> so the, the, point of, the point of jumping would not have... have perpetuated his motion to the other side of the bridge <laughs> so he must have come back down and then he would have had to find somewhere to hide them and aha the bridge mechanism that is where they will go <laughs> right uh i'm a great detective <laughs> D- dick gets second only to batman <laughs> right dick gets into the uh i guess utility shed or building for this bridge with gun in hand, and Big Boy hears him come in, starts firing a few rounds, tells Dick Tracy to drop it, and he's trying to convince Tracy he did not kidnap Tess. This was not him. Well, he was framed. First, whenever he first gets in there before Dick Tracy shows up, he uh, he ties her to a giant gear, gear, yeah. and then just like grabs a uh, like a gas can and just fucking chucks it. Yeah, and you're like. Why? He, he's lamenting. He's like, a woman, a woman. I got betrayed by a woman. I was like, how did you get there? Maybe he's talking about, but he's just lamenting about a woman. He's just like, I've lost my woman. I lost my businesses. I lost Maybe. everything. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I just lost and lost and lost and lost. And yeah, he just grabs like a nearby can. I was supposed to win. And he throws a can at stuff. And then uh, it perfectly lands on a gear 
next to Tess's head. Yep. Well, well like where she would three, three or four teeth away. Yeah, from yeah. Her. But it perfectly lands on one of the gear like yep. spokes. Uh, but yeah, Dick Tracy comes in. Uh, he's told to drop his gun. He tosses the gun. It fires around. Uh, big boy ducks behind something so he doesn't get randomly shot. Dick Tracy goes hiding, and we just hear Big Boy's like, "Where'd you go? Where'd you go? You playing hide and seek? Where'd you go? Oh, I'm gonna find you, Tracy. Come out, come out. Oh, I just want to talk to you. Why don't you come out? Just come out. I'll- I just want to talk to you." Dick Tracy moves. He fires just random shots, and he's like, "No, I just want to talk. I just want to talk." <laughs> and we hear him, and he's like, "No, I just want to talk to you. Just let me see your face, Tracy, so I can put a fucking bullet in it or some shit like that." He's like, "No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Just come out. I would just we'll talk." Uh, and then as Dick, uh, I guess walks up behind, I believe, or no, he grabs a wrench. He tosses it on the other side of the well, warehouse as, shed. Thing. As they're talking and stuff, the, the gas can gets under the bigger, the yeah, other yeah, gear yeah. and it crushes it. And he's like, see, that's what's going to happen to Tess's head. Unless you come out and we talk like <laughs> we need to talk. We need to talk. And he grabs a wrench and throws it. And Tracy comes up behind big boy. Cause he's looking to where the noise happened. Yep. So Tracy jumps up, uh, jumps up onto Big Boy, and they start scuffling for a bit. Um, and the fight looks like it's going to be Tracy, or no, Tracy ends up laying Big Boy out on the ground. He walks up to Tess, starts untying her. Then Big Boy gets up with some sort of like pipe in his hand, and is about to clop, clop, clobber uh, Tracy in the back of the head, and then a shot, like two or three shots, ring out, and they look out to the other side of the building that they're in, and it's the blank with a gun telling Big Boy. Stop. The blank tells Tracy. Oh, that's right. I was up, trying to figure out what the conversation pick is. Pick up the gun, kill Big Boy, and then they can, they can run the city. Run the city together. Um, and Tracy's not having any of it. Um, and I think in the scene, Tracy has an indication that he knows who the blank is. Because he's all he, he he starts walking towards the blank like he's not gonna shoot me. I know this person's not gonna shoot me. Fuck this person. Because he, he just haphazardly starts walking towards the blank. He, the blank, while Tess is still tied up, mind you. While the yeah, Tess is still tied up, um, and I believe Big Boy tries to do the same thing. Like walk? No, no, no. As the blank is having this conversation, in comes the kid, takes out the blank's legs. The blank goes down on the ground, dropping the gun. Big Boy grabs the gun, fires a few rounds into the blank. Blank goes down completely from the few rounds that got pumped into the person. And then Tracy tries to stop him with the gun. And then they scuffle for a bit as they Tracy tries to get the gun from Big Boy. Big Boy ends up tumbling into like a shaft of some sort. Yeah. Where the gear and all the motors and stuff are coming up from. Just falls down. No more Big Boy. Big Boy dead. Uh, the kid yells for Tracy to help him with uh, Tess's ropes. He and... Uh, Ties Tess from the gear. She comes off the gear. Just in time to save her life from getting... Er, from being from getting crushed. Squashed like a blood pumpkin. Right. Uh, <laughs> they walk up to the blank, and they see that the definitively that this character has no face whatsoever. Just two... Sorry. Just two nostrils, or nostril holes for him to breathe out of. And uh, Dick Tracy's no... Dick Tracy immediately is like, no, it's a mask. And he pulls it off. Revealing breathless Mahoney. She's now dying in Dick Tracy's hand. Um, Tess, or uh, Dick Tracy tells Tess to go call the ambulance. Kid follows her with, and breathless Mahoney is like, Tracy, tell me it would have been worthwhile for us to get together. He doesn't say anything. She kisses him. This is where we get the long string of spittle that I was talking about. 
uh, and Breathless Mahoney dies in his hands. He walks out, and Tess is just looking out on the river, and immediately I thought, Tess just let Breathless Mahoney die. Because we don't see any scene of her calling the ambulance whatsoever. Right. It's just Breathless Mahoney looking out across the river as the fireworks and everything happens. Tess looking out across the river. Who did I say? Breathless Mahoney. Oh, yeah. Tess is looking out across the river. And I think Tess wanted Breathless Mahoney to die. Because she's like, yeah, let that bitch fucking go. <laughs> yeah. How you like that, Mr. Steel, my man? Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Tess and Dick Tracy kiss. And then we cut to the next day. And it's basically wrapping up everything. Where uh, 88 Keys, the kid says, well, 88 Keys admitted to framing Tracy for the murder of the DA. And so they let him free. They're telling Tess this, apparently. Um, and Dick Tracy's like, look, kid, I, you're fucking smart. I guess I don't need to give you this. And he whips out a watch radio. And the kid's like, oh, gee, thanks, Tracy, or whatever the fuck. Thanks, mister. Um, and as uh, things are winding down, Tracy says, look, Tess, you like living alone. I like living alone. We should probably live together alone. Whatever that logic. Oh, fuck. I completely forgot. Before they get to Club Ritz... Tracy puts this together in his own dumbass brain. He says, is the enemy of my enemy, my friend, holds for a beat, then says, or is the enemy of my enemy, my enemy, or the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? This is what he has this conversation in the back of the car with Mike and Pete driving as he's being taken away from like the city lockup or whatever the fuck. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but if it's the first enemy, is my enemy's enemy my enemy, or is it my enemy's <laughs> enemy, so my the second enemy, the actual enemy... Twice removed. Twice removed. <laughs> so if my enemy's enemy is my enemy, that makes me... <laughs> a fucking my moron. Own, my own grandpa. How did I get here? <laughs> it's just absurd how he makes those connections. <laughs> Watching that scene, I'm like, dude, you have said that word so many times. The word enemy has no meaning <laughs> right. anymore. Uh, but yeah, so Dick Tracy's trying to convince Tess, like, look, we should get married. Uh, he doesn't they're say as the, much, but he's dancing. Diner. Yeah, he's dying. They're at the diner again. He's not saying as much, but he's dancing around everything but saying, will you marry me? Uh, at that same instance as he's trying to convince her to marry him, we the get another... watch squawks to life and says, there's a bank robbery and yeah. something, something, something. Yeah, something. And it's the kid does not have his own watch radio. He has Dick Tracy's watch radio. I thought he had his own. I thought Dick Tracy had his... No. Nope. Uh, Dick Tracy gives the kid his watch radio. Oh, okay. And... Uh, like signifying that maybe he's ready for something slightly to be different. his partner and sidekick, and yeah. uh, the kid is like, Oh, come on, Tracy. We got to go. We got to go. This sounds exciting. We got to go. Yeah. He's like, leave your woman here. Let's go. Like, <laughs> There's men work to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and Tra- and she's like, okay, just go. And Tracy stands up, puts on his yellow hat and trench. Yeah. And, uh, Reaches she's, into like, like the inside oh. pocket. He's like, hey, Tess. And he pulls out a box and like throws it at her. 
Like, not, like, underhanded, like, here, catch this. Like, just, just grabs it and, fucking like, catch like this. side hucks it at her. <laughs> yeah. And it's a ring. An engagement ring. An engagement ring. And she puts it on, and then they dr- Dick uh, Tracy the kid walks out. And Dick Tracy hop into their car, and then we just see just the words, the end, uh, appear on it as the music goes, dude. I was going to say start doing the music, but I was like, nope, don't have that in me. The music starts musicking. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the movie. But the question is, is the music of the music <laughs> the music? Or is it my friend? <laughs> right. Or is the music's music my music? <laughs> or the music's music my music? <laughs> right. Or is it Muzak? This movie is so fucking ridiculous. But it's also like, if you enjoy those like 1920s serials, um, you'll enjoy the shit out of this movie. It's campy. Yeah, it's very campy. It's one of those movies where you're like, oh yeah, Dick Tracy, that's a movie. I'll watch it. And then you realize, oh yeah, this is stupid. But I'll still watch it because it's just dumb fun. That's what this movie is. Al Pacino... Eats through this fucking movie like no fucking other. He's so over the top with a lot of what he fucking does. Uh, which is kind of nice because Warren Beatty is not over the top. He's very calm, cool, and collected. And I like a lot of the acting that Warren Beatty does in this you movie. You get a nice dichotomy between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm i not a huge fan of Madonna, just in general, but her acting in this is pretty decent. Uh, it's not bad. It's not the greatest. I, I preferred her in A League of Their Own, but in this movie, it's not half bad. Um, anyway, so let's get to the Rotten Tomato score of this movie, Ryan, which is much higher than what I thought it would be. So the critic score for this movie is 63%. The audience score is 53%. Yeah, that seems high. Yeah. Um, and we will... I, I'm going to do $20-$21 for this movie as well. But as I mentioned earlier... Uh, this movie made a decent amount of money, and it made no sense why we didn't get a sequel. Now, granted, maybe a sequel for this type of movie is probably not warranted, but it is in the early 90s where they were constantly doing sequels. Hell, Batman Returns came out a few years after this, yeah. I believe, or a year after this. Um, but the budget for this movie is $47 million. Opening weekend made $22.5 million in 1990, so that's quite a bit of money. Um, domestically altogether in 1990, $103.8 million. Internationally, $59 million. Altogether in 1999 or $1990, $162.7 million on a $47 million budget. This movie made a decent amount of money. Three times? Yes. No. Four times. Yeah. 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 Cause it's 162, not 120 something. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, four times its budget. So it made good amount of money. Um, but in, with inflation with $2021, uh, with an increase of 112.7% increase, uh, the budget for this movie was $97.8 million. The opening weekend made $47.8 million. Uh, domestically altogether, $220.7 million. Internationally altogether, $125.5 million. Altogether, in 2021 dollars, 346 million dollars. Nearly half a billion dollars. Yeah. On just this movie. For just the one movie. So it made a decent amount of money. Now, I wouldn't say it needed a sequel, but like I said, 
being that it was in the 90s where things were constantly being sequelized and maybe not the greatest sequels were ever being like Batman Returns is not the greatest fucking movie in the world. It's fun to watch, but it's not great. Um, it made no sense why this movie didn't get a sequel. I don't know. For whatever reason, it didn't. I don't even think that they should probably remake this movie. No. Like, the idea of a 1920s lawman going up against gangsters, I'm just like, we've seen those movies before. They're not great. And the ones that are great, they pretty much break the mold, and no one has ever come close to those movies. Right. So, um... Like I said earlier, this movie is fun to watch. and basically, It's one of those movies where you either fall asleep to it, not because it's boring or anything, just because it's one of those like comfort movies where you just have to have noise or some sort of like something going on on the TV to pass out. Or it's one of those movies where you just turn on while you do like dishes or laundry or just clean the house or whatever the fuck. It's one of those movies. I had to watch this movie several times because they, I was constantly trying to either read or... Um, just doodle something or do something other than watch this movie because it's just one of the, it's just inherently built in me with like a movie like this where I'm just like, all right, I can put this on and do something. Yeah, else. I, I watched it like three times while I was doing other things as yeah. well. Uh, so yeah, that's it's pretty much all I've got for this movie. That's all I've got. Uh, make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell us what you think about Dickus Tracy and if. If you know if the enemy of his enemy is his enemy or his friend or his enemy. <laughs> or his former lover's enemy's brother's cousin, uncle, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, it did kind of feel like the the space balls. I am your father's <laughs> yeah. uncle's cousin's roommate. former roommate. <laughs> yeah. like, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Oh, and you can follow uh, me on, or you follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Nerdinian. You can also follow me on both those platforms at that wanker. Uh, we should also mention, so next week we were going to do Gremlins, but I decided to tweak it a bit. So we're going to do the first Matrix movie. Okay. So we can get right into that because the, the Resurrections comes out, I think, next week. Yep. Um, so we'll get into the first Matrix movie and then do two, three, and then before it leaves HBO Max, we'll do Resurrections and then go from there. Maybe we'll do Gremlins after that, I haven't decided. But next week, we're going to watch the first Matrix movie, and until we see Resurrections, it's probably the best Matrix movie. We'll get to yeah. it whenever we talk about the other uh, other two. But anyway, uh, you can also find me on TikTok at that wanker without an E because I'm lazy, um, and all we post there are like clips from the show and shit like that. Um, anyway, remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. A real Cinderella story out of nowhere. Former groundskeeper, now about to become the Masters champion. It looks like a mere... It's in the hole. It's in the hole. <laughs>